Whoa, this is Quarantine Chronicles. I don't know why I started with whoa. This is Quarantine Chronicles episode 13. Brought 13? to you all the way from... It's 14. <laughs> episode 14 brought to you all the way from that Los time. Angeles, well, California. I didn't, but... I could have sworn it was... We did 13 last time. I, I, I saved this file as episode 14 because I guess the last thing I sent you was a 13. That's how I know. That's how I knew too. Mm. What a coincidence. Well, anyways, we uh, this is a podcast all about, all about what we've seen, played, heard, or even thought about these last two weeks. Uh, who's we? Who are those two voices correcting me? Well, they are Jason to my virtual left. Hello. Angel to my virtual right. That's my last name. The little the little angels on my on my shoulder. And uh, <laughs> I'm one of your hosts, Kevin. These two just celebrated nine years of podcasting on our main series around Nintendo, so everyone mm-hmm. shower these two with love on the blog post or Twitter because they deserve it. Because God knows Thanks. there isn't any between us. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And this is supposed to be a time when people come together and that's what you say? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Here at the top of the show, I just want to mention that to skip to any segment, we do have timestamps on the blog posts at randnintendo.com. And uh, your favorite streaming service should also have the timestamps for each segment as well, right? That's I believe that's so. They should know. they should be in there, yeah. All right, yeah. cool, cool, cool. Um, how are you guys? Doing pretty good. Still full from Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's just a nice, chill weekend. Just Long nice and chill. Weekend. Nice, nice. A lot of spending yesterday, but... We could get into that later. A lot of spending, a lot of, a lot of Black Friday shopping. Yeah. No, well, oh, Angel. If you want to, if you want to compete on that front, you're competing with someone that's moving into an apartment. Uh, let's so. see. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I spent as much as Jason, but it, yesterday yeah. I spent about I don't know, almost four hundred bucks. Hey, same. I spent four hundred on the dot. Dang, nice. I'm not gonna say my number, but I will well, say you I got an LG CX 55 inch TV. So, fair. Like, what did you buy for <laughs> my, my Black sa- Friday? Well, first, my my sa- Savings on the TV alone were the same as what you guys spent on Black Friday. Uh, I'm not trying to. It sounds like I'm like look at my money, but I'm in the process of moving. But, no, um, you're, you're literally moving to a new place. Like yeah, so I got it. I got the LG. So that money that he gets from RNHQ. Oh yeah, that I withhold I from you guys. Oh even yeah, share it with us. The heck. But I mean, I have to because how else am I going to afford to get all the stuff for my apartment? So that's a good point. Uh, what did you end up buying? I'm assuming the one that we sent you. The TV? Uh, oh, yeah. The LG yeah. C9 or the CX? I have the 55-inch CX. LG CX. <laughs> yeah. You have a 4K TV I have a 4K now? TV. And I can't wait and to see how this slightly... 8K devices, so you're already off the lead. But there's no correct. 8K content. This is the thing. I can't wait to see how slightly stretched but then ready. resharpened by the software uh, Switch games will look. It's going to be great. But oh. no, it uh, no, it's it's a really nice TV. We were saying it up yesterday. Um, but yeah, the TV, like a couch, because this is for those inside scoop, Ram Nintendo inside knowledge. I've been living at home this whole time, so like I have to buy things. So couch, dining room table, bed, dresser, which still needs more. Diamond table, di- dining That's room, dining had. room. Yeah, I, I heard. I also heard that. Oh, yeah, diamond. diamond table. It's a table. It's, it's not a table. A diamond, room to be table. clear, it's not a table made of diamonds. It's a table like a where I go count my that diamonds. That you're just eating on top of. No, 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 no. It's not made of diamonds. Where I go count my diamonds. It's a table just for counting diamonds. No, but a dining room table. You know all that stuff. And then also like, I got fifty percent off towels, guys. Bed Bath Beyond came through on Black Friday, so you know. <laughs> but uh, I don't think I bought any, excluding the TV. I don't think anything I got for Black Friday this year is actually like a, my usual video gamey gadgety thing which is odd because it always has been i mean the tv's a big purchase hmm. but yeah How, how's the internet situation because i i remember telling you do not move into 
a place yeah. that doesn't have gigabit internet. Well, so, Kevin, dude, I, I respect your opinion, and you're a great friend. And uh, I did not listen to it because we have Spectrum that only goes up to 940. <laughs> I mean, oh, that, I mean that's not bad. I, now, granted, we haven't actually done the 940 yet. We're at the mid-tier, and I'm seeing if that's good enough because 940 has – Spectrum is a stupid thing where it costs $200 to install the 940. All it is is just a different – router but it'll be worth it later yeah so i can upgrade if i need to but um you know for the time being it's fine i haven't like tried uploading a podcast yet that'll be the real test but so far no yeah 940 940 that's i mean that's that's usually the same i get i i pay for one gigabit but i i yeah i mean no like right now we're half that i didn't go to the 940 tier yet i'm probably gonna end up there but i'm gonna see if angel angel and elvis their internet's insane i think they legit get two gigabits uh down wow really I, yeah, I remember thinking my yeah. internet was hot, was hot stuff, and then Elvis just proved me wrong, and now I just get roasted for it. Wow, I remember I thought my internet was hot. I mean, stuff. we went from two extremes. We literally went from like five megabytes like upload and like less than a megabyte like download for over five years. I remember it took like thirty minutes or more to like upload an episode of the podcast. No, it might have taken hours. I don't know, but it was ridiculous. And we were okay with that. And then we went to this new one, and I was like. I don't know how I used to live. Yeah, it's insane. That's such a massive jump. Not to mention, not to mention just the games we've been playing. It's like, wow, I feel so bad for all the people I made suffer with my horrible connection. Especially as a Smash Bros. player. Like, it's nuts. Well, you know what's funny? So here at my parents' house where I'm currently recording, I we were Verizon was nice to us, I guess, and put in Fios very early on in my town. Like, we've had it for years, and I always assumed, oh, we have fiber, it must be the fastest. I learned when researching the internet for my new place what the internet here is. My dad's only been paying for the 50 up, 50 down, or, or 100 up, 100 down, or, like, something that's low. And all this time, I was like, oh, I have the best internet. No. Literally, cable does better, like, threefold, fourfold. My yeah. apartment with mid-range spectrum is four times as fast. It's just like, what? <laughs> I've been living a lie this whole time, so. Well, I'm, uh... Glad that the uh, moving process seems not as chaotic Fun. as as moving usually is. I'm fortunate that I'm not paying rent where I am now, so I could just trickle in. Right. Yeah, I mean, usually, like, you're kind of forced to get your friends involved to move a couch, and it's always, like, a pain in the butt because no one ever wants to do that, but it looks like you barely had to move anything. I always hear that, that, uh, like, oh, people dread moving, like but I, I, airport. I, I, love, I love helping... Uh, friends move. I know. I I, Damn, I love that whole, look at that whole thing. Mother Teresa over here. <laughs> <laughs> like one of my coworkers recently moved, and he was like, "Oh, it's such a pain." I was like, "I'll help you out." And he's like, "No, don't worry about it." But he was moving from Downey in the same apartment that your brother not not your brother your your sister and your brother in law used to live at angel oh that place yeah yeah i I swear to god they were next door neighbors and then he's moving all the way up to simi valley or he already moved up all the way to simi valley so Hmm, that that was a huge jump where is that (laughs) uh a little northeast from here or from from downtown la actually oh okay so we're just passing downtown la and that'd be the next destination i guess no it'll be a little bit farther like when he says a little he means like more than a little uh before santa barbara passing them no, Let's before see, where Santa Barbara. on the way to Santa Barbara. Uh, Near Burbank, oh, I think? Um, Camarillo. Is it before or after Camarillo? Let's go with that. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> That's a really nice shopping district over there if you haven't been there, people. It's pretty cool. Yeah, to all you listening in, well, like, Kansas, right <laughs> to all you listening in, like, Kansas, make the drive over here for this one shopping center. <laughs> Come all the way to L.A. Do we have listeners in Kansas? Kansas? I don't know. Probably. 
We have listeners in like 87 countries. If it's countries within an hour from you, because that's what it is for us, it's, it's worth a day trip when there isn't a pandemic. I, I don't know. I mean, it's basically a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I mean, it's a shopping district. There's some outlets there, but the outlets are more on the Barney's scale of the higher end. Higher end outlets. Yeah. But all I got on that. <laughs> All right, cool, cool. <laughs> <laughs> what were we even talking about? Jason's chopping habits? Oh, what my, we, my what we diamond table. Where, where'd you get the, the furniture? I assume Ikea or Crate and Barrel um, or a whatever. A mix of living spaces and the internet. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Living spaces. Yes, every time that's, I hear the name. The... Fun fact, when they say the name in the store, they do not sing it. The more you know. Ah, that's lame. <laughs> I know. Not very fun fact. Because yeah. I know whenever you Yikes. go to like the Curacao, they'll, they'll play the, the Curacao jingle. Yeah, they don't, they they don't play the Living so Spaces much. jingle. They think they're above that. And they are not. Or they shouldn't be. Dude, I don't know what's up with like how they price the stuff. They literally price the things in La Curacao as if you were at Mexico. It's like, why? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly how it is there. Because like, yeah, games are super expensive in Mexico. Like it, it sucks for people that love video games because like they have to spend like maybe like maybe an extra 20 to 30 bucks over msrp and that's how they price them here like they could literally just go like a couple streets over to target which is pretty close to there and get it at like a normal price but for some reason i guess some people are forced to buy it there i don't know are they the ones that did the uh i don't know how they stay afloat the ones that did the ps5 bundle that came with a gaming chair for like 1400 dollars. yeah they literally bundle everything like sometimes they'll include water bottles or like some random that stuff. makes gamestop seem reasonable <laughs> they, they want to know how they stay afloat because of their crazy APR on their credit cards. Oh, interesting. One, one of my favorite tweets when uh, the George Floyd protests were happening was like, why are people burning down Targets and Walmarts? Can somebody go to like Curacao so that they could burn <laughs> down all the paper records for their credit cards? Uh, yeah, I, I was about to say good times, but no, those George Floyd <laughs> rides were are yeah, not good times. Yeah, when we're not in the pandemic, definitely like definitely check out that store. It's definitely worth just like doing like a little lap around, seeing the prices of things and how things are bundled, because it's gonna like boggle your mind if you've never seen anything like this. It's like yeah, I don't know. What was that place it's called? It's crazy. La Curacao? No, not La Curacao. I thought you were talking about <laughs> Camarillo. I think. <laughs> Oh, the other place. No, no. I mean, I'm also like saying it's also worth checking out La Curacao if you haven't before either. This is either. such a like, LA localized episode. I feel like we need to like, hey, if you want get a donut that's like a little I mean, above one, average, uh, there's you're checking it out for pleasure. <laughs> this is more for like morbid curiosity. You could go in and just have your mouth open yeah. in disbelief <laughs> at some of these oh, prices. Close it right at the entrance because that's where the perfume section is and they usually like to spray at you. Yeah, that usually gives me a headache. That's like Macy's. They do that. Yeah. Anyways. So what'd you buy, Kevin? Oh, uh, oh, I I bought a lot of uh, computer stuff. I actually you, will be like enough to upgrade a computer, or uh, not necessarily upgrade. I'm going to be moving uh, RGBs. I see. I'm uh, what what happened? RGBs? No, no RGBs. <laughs> uh, I'm actually going to be moving some of the internal guts of my current gaming PC and putting it into a smaller case, an ITX build, which I've wanted to do for a while. I'm actually going to be live streaming it uh, this upcoming Tuesday. YouTube.com slash, I think, Kevin Gomi, K-V-N-G-O-M-I-E, I think. You don't even know? I don't know if it's like slash user. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Slash. I think yeah, you're beyond that, slash that user. I think you have enough subscribers. Yeah, so I think uh, just YouTube.com slash K-V-N-G-O-M-I-E. And uh, yeah, I'll be doing a, a live build on Tuesday. I will be doing the one chip challenge 
tomorrow night, which I'm not looking forward to. Godspeed. I'm just looking at it right now <laughs> on my desk with dread. Oh, what would you buy, Angel, from Black Friday? Uh, what did I buy? Um, let's see. I bought a Totoro blanket from Bluefin because that was on sale. Um, it's just a nice like blanket you put on top. It's a little on the shorter end, but it looks pretty cool. Don't definitely don't have enough um Ghibli stuff. I got a an iPad stand, a stand for tablets or phones that I thought was the exact same one I had bought in before. I thought it was just cheaper. I mean, I thought it was on sale because of the price, but it turns out it was just a smaller version of it. <laughs> when I got it in the mail, it's like half the size, but um, it still holds up the iPad on the phone perfectly. I mean, just fine. So it still works out. Bought my Maya subscription for a year. It wasn't on sale, but... But you're in the spirit already. I was just waiting for it today anyway. But you were Just because I was getting... Um, well, because I also just need it. <laughs> but, I mean, 260 bucks a year to use Maya versus over 1000 It's definitely a really good deal. Yeah, and I also just got Creative Cloud, so I'm actually using that right now. It was on sale for Black Friday for, for like, 30 bucks. But, yeah. Nice. Didn't spend too many things, but just some things I needed. I did need a blanket, but... No one got the uh, $2 Hulu subscription for entire... I took advantage of the 99 cent one, like so I couldn't. $2 also, for Hulu? That's 24 bucks a, a year for Hulu. It's a good deal. It's a great deal. It was better two it's years ago and it was 99 cents a month. You do not spend $24 a year on Crunchyroll. I spend 30... I think it's 30-something bucks a year on Crunchyroll. Jesus Christ, how? Isn't it like 6 bucks a... A month? Definitely oh, I guess, not yeah. for me. I, I think it's oh. got that grandfathered in. I don't know. I, I I've been subscribing oh. to them for a long time. I did get a a survey like a year or two ago where it's pretty much asking me about like, oh, what if we did this monetization system? And it was like all like all their options were just like nope, 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 because it was all it would have come up to like seventy or more a year. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know what they ended up going with. Maybe they already made some changes, or maybe. Because I I started with their old plan, maybe they're just letting me be for a while. But right, uh, maybe one day I'll All be the, forced to change or something. Yeah, they'll come for you. They always usually do. <laughs> um, but before Take on Titan soon. Oh, that's right. Oh, the last season they're gonna yeah. they're gonna FMA it, but uh, we'll see how that turns out. But before but before we get to the usual rigor mole here, uh, I want to start with a new rigor but small. Yeah, yeah, rigmarole. It's a word. Rigmarole. <laughs> I, I, I heard rigmarole. Uh, before we get to the rigmortis of this episode, let's. Uh, uh, <laughs> before we get to the Rick and Morty of this episode, <laughs> well, I, well, well. Anyways, I just want to start a small segment hmm. uh, where I just give us and you, audience, we love you, an update on our quarantine situation, as depressing <laughs> as it may be. It is changing uh, that rapidly now. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, as of the last episode, a curfew has been ordered in the state of California, basically really? saying that you shouldn't be out from 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe Newsome made it uh, a limited three-week event. For now. I, I say that a like limited, it's a... a limited engagement. <laughs> no, <that's> not, <laughs> a limited time now. series. Ooh, something to look forward to. Los Angeles actually went a bit this. further with restaurants and bars needing to close at 10 p.m. for indoor dining. And uh, to top it all off, it seems like we are nearing, we might be nearing a full lockdown. We're there. So, uh, yeah. This podcast this podcast is just a part of our lives now. Last night, they announced that uh, retailers have a more limited capacity. Restaurants can't have anyone in them, which you were already saying, Kevin. And um, any gathering outside of your init- of your household is now not allowed. And they are enforcing it with 
I don't know, pamphlets or something. Like there's no like – they're not going to actually enforce it with like police, but you're not supposed to gather with people outside your own household anymore for three weeks at all. Oh, no. So. <sighs> Man, we are never going to be out of this pandemic. Nope. It's uh, – there's a tweet I saw that was someone saying like, well, we got to retire the phrase avoid it like the plague because clearly humans don't avoid plagues. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, which is true. Yeah, so that's uh, the quarantine situation, our namesake, unfortunately. For better or for worse. Uh, but I guess now we should move on. But to we hope the, uh, we hope all you out there are not in a situation where, the, where uh, you know, the, the virus is affecting you. Except maybe you're yeah. stuck at home and listening to us by choice or because you have nothing else to do. Either way, we'll take it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, now we could move on to the to the fun stuff. Angel, did you get – were any first four figures available for Black Friday uh, prices. There weren't, but I did briefly want to talk about first four figures. And for those that have never heard of first four figures, we're not talking about the first four figures in a collection. <laughs> this is just the name of a company. It's just called first four figures. And yeah, they, they're mainly known for, I think actually, is it only video game statues? Do they do, ever, I... do they ever do any like, I'm sure they shows? do anime every now. Yeah. I think they're brand buyers yeah, gaming, but, but they might have gone beyond yeah, it. Thinking about their website right now, like I can, only think of gaming examples. I don't think they've done any anime ones. Oh no, they do because they did. They did have a Cowboy Bebop one. They, okay, they yeah. did have a Cowboy Bebop one. And then looking at their website right now, they have a guts statue, guts from a uh, Berserk. Oh, I thought you meant guts like the Nickelodeon game show. Oh, that's meant from um, <laughs> from Kill the Kill the Dog, whose also his name is Guts. Wow, we all thought very different things. Yeah, they also have Doctor Who, by the way. Oh, and they also have an Alphonse Elric. Brother, oh, there you go. So, there you go. They do a little bit of anime, mainly. Oh, and of course, uh, they have a they have an All Might. Also, Transformers. A hundred bucks. I might get this All Might actually. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't have gone to the website. So these people are known for making overall like pretty good quality statues. Like a lot of people can vouch for them. Um, they do this great thing where they design them in a way to be moved and transferred easily in case you have to move them around. Like. Almost all the appendages and pieces are magnetized. That way you can have swappable heads, but also, like as I mentioned, take them apart so that you can move them around easily without risk of breaking them because, you know, you definitely don't want to break these things. But the reason I want to bring them up is because I finally got my first for four figure statue courtesy of my brother Elvis for my birthday. And it's the one of Phoenix Wright, specifically from Ace Attorney Five, where he's pointing, yelling objection, and it does come with two really nice objection signs. Well, one says objection and one says take that. No hold it, but um this is like also I guess their ultimate edition version. There are essentially a ton of tiers, just you know, for different price levels. You could literally just get Phoenix with one face, one pointing finger. The price of this definitely screams ultimate. <laughs> yeah, like and it just has like a normal base. But the one that I have, well, they're shipping him just the normal base, but mine's came with a base with the pedestal on it. So it looks like you know he's standing behind his defense bench and you know it comes with the additional signs, additional faces and it just looks really awesome. And I, until I got my first statue, even the first four figure ones, and the reason I want to mention that is because they've had statues I've looked at for a long time that I'm like, oh, I really want to do it. I'm going to pull the trigger, but then I don't. Case in point, like the $600 Bowser one that they had not too long ago. That thing is huge. Would not fit anywhere. Anywhere. I can't think of anywhere it would fit. Actually, I guess I could put it next to my bed and i guess it could look like a flashlight i mean a nightlight because the fire is supposed to turn on but wait so you all wake up a lot of and videos... all you see is bowser's face 
Actually, that does sound like something you would want. Yeah, I take that back. And unfortunately, a lot of reviews are saying that, and videos, because we've watched a few, that the light in the fireball doesn't always work, and it's always a shame. And what comes with that is something that I learned recently, which makes sense when you think about it, but all of these are numbered. Like, this Phoenix statue is only out of, it's less than 500. I forget what the number is, but I think my number is like 200-something. But anyway, let's say, I'll just tell you the story from one of my from someone I know that they told me they they had a knuckle statue and that knuckles edition one that they had had a light up base the base the light wasn't working just the light bulb was dead they just needed a new light bulb and when they called them up to ask them like oh is there any way that you could just send me a new light bulb for it and they're like nope um we, ha- we have to send you a brand new statue and you have to destroy the old one and you then they're like what and the old one destroy it yeah they have to destroy it and they have to actually show photographical and video proof that they destroyed it. So they have to record themselves <laughs> breaking the statue it's, into pieces. And they were very specific about how big the pieces had to be for them to be considered is it, destroyed. Is it because they want to keep the limited quantities and they fear if people just request parts that then they're false advertising to the other 400, 500 people? Exactly. Because they're all numbered and they're very strict about their limitedness. So they want to make sure that there are only that number out in the wild mm. so that they can confidently say, oh. we only made 500, not 501. Wouldn't it be easier just to send it back to them? You would think. You'd think so. Because then they could repair it. But because every single one, I guess, has its identity, if they make any part of it, it's no longer like a true Knuckles 174. Like because it has newer parts, I guess they want it to be all in one skew. I don't know. Maybe it messes up some kind of data tracking. Directly replacing number 174 with an entirely new 174 is even worse by that logic. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. But for whatever reason, like, they had to destroy it. And obviously, like, it's not the easiest thing ever, especially if it's a character you really like. But I'm sure it goes from horrible to fun pretty quickly once, like, it becomes a little unrecognizable. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. But I don't know, statue collecting, Um, like, as from that friend that told me about his Knuckles statue experience, um, when he first started with First Four Figures, um, he only had, like, Maybe just like that one. And then after getting that one, he didn't got a second one, then a third one. And then now, like, when I look at, like, a, a video of his room, because he showed me, like, his collection, um, it's just walls and walls of just pure statues. And and it gets expensive real fast. Super oh, fast. yeah. Like, and, and they all look super nice. I mean, it looks like a like a super bomb, like, nerd heaven gallery. Like, he has, like, Street Fighter statues, anime statues, video game statues. But, and it almost kind of feels like my brother and I were kind of heading in that trajectory. Because oh, yeah. for a yeah. while you kind of think like, oh, you want... Like, we went from just buying anything that had Ninja Turtles on it. Like, literally anything. Then we just bought, like, st- specific figures. Then we just bought the four turtles. And then we're only getting high-end versions of the turtles. And, I don't know, it almost feels like for a while you think like, oh, why would I want a statue? It's just, like, one pose that's kind of that it's kind of stuck in. But then you also remember that there are like some characters that you just want to see in just one iconic pose. I mean, like Phoenix, why would you want to really have him pose in any other way except pointing? Yeah. Unless you're doing it for like comical reasons. So like for that, like a statue of Phoenix, like it makes perfect sense. And I freaking love it. And I have seen like turtle statues in the past that I would love to have, but they're so expensive. They're like almost like 800 or more dollars each. Just because the ones that I saw in question were um, the 90s movie, the live action first Turtles movie. And they look, they were by Sideshow Collectibles and they were so detailed and they look so good. So you can imagine how... Yeah, and they were pretty big. Like they were maybe hmm, like over three feet. No, yeah, like about three, two to two and a half to three feet tall. 
yeah. each. So pretty huge statues. And, you know, because it's turtles, you have to get all four, which already puts it in the thousands, like multiple thousands. So, yeah. So sparingly right now, but... Angel, I have this vision of you. Oh, man. It, 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 it's just a... It's such a cool feeling just to be like... I feel like this age range that we're in right now, it's like... Or even... Even if um, you're older by like seven, six years, so pretty much like anyone that grew up with these like old properties, like and where there were only like pretty crappy toys available, because at that point the shows and games they like, were made to sell toys. But nowadays, yeah, this is still a business where they're making a crap ton of statues. You, I mean, just look at how many Sonic statues there are by first four figures, but they're all really cool. Like I just love that we live in a period where the people making these statues, at least to some extent, are people that are making these statues that they wish they had when they were growing up like we want these accurate on model toys like i'm glad we finally have like turtle toys from NECA that actually look like they did in the 90s cartoon show we never had that like to that accuracy until like two years ago let alone movie turtles that look just like they do in the films until like two or three years ago like we're finally getting like our dream figures and toys with the articulation we want and it's crazy and just i don't know definitely nerdy bliss so you, yeah. you know why I think it is? I think it's because they're becoming art. In the same way that, yeah. like, like in the same way that I have, like, a Takashi Murakami, like, it's basically a bowling ball-shaped thing of one of his, like, Mr. Dobb characters. For those who don't know, he's a Japanese, like, pop artist. But anyway, uh, pop art artist. But artist. But anyway, um, the same way, like, it's built the same way as what you're describing. It's, like, a resin-based thing and yada yada. But, yeah, it's just, like, as the things we grow up with. Super limited. Yeah, and as the things we grow up with, you know, become, as we become adults, those things are what people are inspired to make and then yeah you were in line for hours for that and it for was this? like 700 something bucks right for this no yeah. I, I got online but it was like 250 dollars the murakami bowling ball yeah, thing? it was like two or three hundred fifty dollars but i got i got online it was a virtual line what was the one you got at complex con it was oh, from complex con one. but i bought it for it's when we were in line to go in and i bought it virtually on the thing oh. yeah no i wasn't carrying that around complex con. Thing's heavy <laughs> but but you know the idea is like and even his stuff, like, that's very, like, not the type of art that would have been. It's inspired by, like, you know, 90s mascots and cartoon characters and stuff. And it's very, like, you know, just as that's what we grew up with, that's what we were exposed to. So that's what's now being turned into art. And essentially statues, I mean, you were referring to those highly articulate toys. I'd argue they're more art pieces that are just based on things from our youth more than the other – than toys that are, like, upgraded. You know what I mean? I mean, ultimately, oh, they're man, the same thing, the, but they're just different directions. Walking. Jesus. Yeah. Kind of people – Anyone could even buy that. I, I was going to say before, I have this weird vision of you, though, because first four figures is a rabbit hole. Like, you're this guy. I have this vision that, like, three years from now, you're going to be sitting there like, well, there's this Bowser, or I can eat for the next three days. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and you're going to be very torn. You're not going to know which to for do. The three, for three days, for three years. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> there's this really cool uh, Batman Who Laughs statue. I, I think it's from Sideshow. That I was like, huh, how much would that cost, you know, to, to give to a friend? Well, I guess Elvis in the situation. I looked at the price and I said, that's like an entire paycheck. I can't just, <laughs> I, I can't do that. The, the sideshow <laughs> stuff in particular is... proposed at that point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the sideshow stuff in particular, like I'm always amazed at their Comic-Con booth. Like the, the detail, the size, like the licenses they get. Like no one, yeah, no one really comes close to their like... I would say prestige. I would say um, they're definitely more well-rounded in that sense because you'll find 
I guess they're less video gamey. So I guess you get you go to first floor for your game stuff, and you go to sideshow for literally everything else. Yeah. And I mean literally everything. Literally else. from yeah. Terminator to Star Wars to so like Iron Man. Yeah, to, to yeah. every Marvel, Iron Man DC, suit, Back to the Future, <laughs> every Spider Man, Star Wars. They have just about every Star Wars and like the one six scale that they're they pretty famous for. They they're mainly Park. famous for their. I mean, I, I was gonna say that they're more known for their one six scale figures that are kind of posable. Zobis has an Arkham Knight one that looks really, really cool. They're all, yeah, they're like the statue game is also like crazy. I mean, they literally have like a one to one scale T1000 mm-hmm. that you can mm-hmm. buy. Oh, wow. I mean, that's just the exoskeleton. Like, With glowing eyes, if I remember correctly. Yeah, we enter the raffle every year. We still haven't won it. One day. Well, except last year. Yeah, someday. Yeah. You, wait, you won a giant statue last year from Side No, 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 except this year. Oh, we didn't enter year. last year. I was like, no, this hold year. on. <laughs> Yeah, this year. Yeah. I was like, wait, where, where did you hide this Terminator this whole time? <laughs> Essentially, yeah, no matter, I guess, your price point, there is, I guess, a nice collectible for you at any, I would say most price ranges. There's like good compromises, but yeah, the collecting game just gets even more interesting, I guess, yeah. the more disposable mm-hmm. income you have <laughs> or not have. Some people will still get them anyway. <laughs> uh, I, I was starting to, I was starting to head down that hole when I got the, uh, Blizzard really started releasing statues of the Overwatch characters. And the first one, the first one that they released was Widowmaker. The the Widowmaker one, I, I forgot how much it cost. I think it was like around two hundred bucks. I have the Widowmaker statue, pretty big. It's like really nice. Yeah, they all have it. Yeah, they're all hand painted. <laughs> Widowmaker, Widowmaker, Damn. not Diva. That's cool. As, that as soon as the Diva one came out, I wanted it so bad, but it's four hundred and fifty dollars, and that one's huge. And Oof. unfortunately, I don't That's have the space a console. for it. I, I I absolutely would buy that Diva one though. One of these days, as Damn. soon as I move out, I'm yeah, I'm probably gonna start buying statues and go broke and not be able to pay rent. But uh, yeah, I would like <laughs> to point out, moving out does come with added expenses, as I'm now learning. Who knew? So <laughs> that strategy might not be sound. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll figure I'll figure it out. I'll have to move some funds funds around and uh, figure it out. Well, I mean, the the trip to Japan got pushed back probably another year. So if you're yeah. saving up for that, that could just go towards statues now. Yeah. Well, I mean, ultimately, it's still happening, though. So, well, oh. oh man, I I remember, <clears throat> I forgot what I, I'm. I'm pretty sure it was when we went to. Uh, was it Akihabara? I don't think it was. Where Where is that? Uh, that Sega. That that Akihabara is it Akihabara? I think one of the you talk about the three the, the three the, story the, the Sega, Sega arcade. Right? Wait, wait, what Sega place? Because there's a bunch. There was like one right near our hotel in Shinjuku. The, the, the place that just recently got they they removed the iconic like oh. Sega stuff. Oh yeah, that's Akihabara. Akihabara. I think one of the one of the places. No, I think so. Well, the one with the red escalators, right? Yeah, the escalators. Well, well yeah, I yeah, think but, that's but Akihabara. But there's also one just like the, like a few blocks over from our hotel, like near the Pokemon it, it, Center. The, yeah, it definitely wasn't the one near our hotel. Uh, definitely not the one in uh, Ikebukuro. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was Akihabara. Uh, there was a. Uh, do you guys know? Oh man, I don't know if I'm gonna have to censor this. Well, we'll talk afterwards. There's a in, per, in Persona. <laughs> there is a demon. That is literally a dick, like on the chair, on like chariot wheels. It's like, oh, it's yeah, like I think I wish you okay. They, they had the statue, there was a there, statue of that, and I was, yeah, did you buy it? And it looked really nice. It was like, I, I wanted it so bad. <laughs> it spoke it was, to Kevin. How, how much was this? I, d- uh, I don't vehicle. remember. I think <laughs> this richer chariot, 60,000 yen, <laughs> so what, 600 bucks, roughly. That's up there. Richard That's up there chariot. for a Richard chariot. <laughs> All right, we found her, we found our episode title. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, collect collectibles are 
are insane. <laughs> Good luck explaining that one. <laughs> your mom comes visit your place. What's that? What, what's that? Oh, it's just a monster. I'm checking my collection. Except that one. <laughs> <laughs> That's my anger sculpted. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. Cool. First four figures. Yeah. There, there was a. Be there's careful. an easier transition. You have to be careful. There's an easier transition I could make regarding Spider-Man and Spider-Man statues, but that show does have a a Spider-Man four. I mean, Spider a Spider Verse figure of my of Miles that I really wanted to get, but ugh, it's just too expensive. I, I ended up just going with a. There's a company called Sentinel that makes really cool posable figures, and I'm just gonna get that Miles just because. Spider Man, on the other hand, on the opposite end of statues, I do want to pose and bend. However, because it's Spider Man, he's just so yeah. You absolutely have to. like yeah. You you so you, you want you want yeah. it to be super posable, and this figure looks awesome. It even comes with like removable. This sounds weird. It comes with removable clothing. Um, because you know, like Miles has both like the hoodie and pants over his costume, and he also just has just his costume. Yeah. So it's cool to have both options. You could do that famous upside down thing, or just use them for stop motion. Yeah, that works. But, dangerous stuff. Yeah, Spider Verse, Jesus, uh, just playing like that the whole time is so crazy. Just to string together what just happened here for people who are listening, right? So we're talking about figurines, and we're talking about how when we move into our old places, it's easy to collect figurines. And we're talking about how the first figurines we're getting are ones that you take the clothes off of, and one named Richard Chariot. Richard Chariot. Just think about that. Yeah. <laughs> just like think about the scene you're setting here. <laughs> well, Angel, thank you for that for that transition. Uh, so I have been replaying, or I've been I've been playing nothing but but Spider Man games on the on the PS Five. Uh, so Miles Morales was uh, described as like one of the visual and technical showcases of the PS Five. So I was excited to play it, and but I was debating whether I wanted to replay uh, the 2018 Spider Man game. But both these games developed by Insomniac. Did you platinum it the first time yeah. around? The first time around, no. Uh, so my feelings on that game back then were a bit muted, mainly because I think the actual gameplay part of it is a bit so-so. Like, the swinging, I personally think, is the best swinging of any Spider-Man game. And there's there's a couple of them that have really bad swinging, and some that have really great swinging. This happens just to be the best one. And then no other game felt as good traversing New York as it did in that game. To the point where, uh, like, you just didn't use the the fast travel options. I forgot about those. <laughs> like, it's crazy. Let's have to play the first one. But yeah, Do, doing the side activities like finding Peter's old backpacks or like a nice diversion, little challenges here and there. Those were cool. But where it fell a little for me was mainly in the combat. Like, the combat wasn't revolutionary. It wasn't breaking any new ground. And mainly because the combat is very Batman Arkham inspired, as games now tend to be when it comes to hand-to-hand combat oh yeah like it makes sense Yeah, they're all like that attack 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 dodge button attack 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 dodge button pretty much i like to to a specific rhythm you know and then in the spider-man games you'll use gadgets that peter makes like a web bomb or trip mine to get your combo meter up and then to do like finishing moves uh so the so like it's serviceable but when it came to the side missions those were just okay and as you're swinging around new york there will be crimes that that like pop up um what what's the what's the word that that people always use when it's not dynamic it breath of the wild had this term used a lot where it's like oh this happened to me and then this happened and then this happened and then other people would be like oh i had a different experience where this happened and this happened isn't it dynamic it's what you're talking about where dynamic. basically you sort of shape how it how it, like response reactive responsive reactive. i know what you're trying to say like what you do determines how the game responds to so everyone has a slightly different experience yeah. as a result yeah but uh, yeah. i forgot it's definitely not dynamic 
Well, anyways, yeah, so so early on you'd have these crimes going on all around New York. Early on, they ranged from like just busting up a drug deal to stopping a police car chase. And as you went through the story, more evil factions would start to show up in New York, so that would add even more crimes. But the issue with that game, the, the first Spider-Man game, is that New York is split into different districts. Harlem, Chinatown, Hell's Kitchen, all that jazz. And then you would just be doing the same crimes over and over again, just in different districts. So, like, stopping car chase is really cool the first time, but it starts getting tedious once you're 10, 20 hours into the game. You're like, oh, this is literally the same thing that I did at the beginning of the game. Uh, and then the side quests were also a little on the boring side. But what made that game great for me was the story. You play it as a 27-year-old Peter Parker, who at that point was Spider-Man for about 8 years. So, no origin story. Damn. Yeah, he already had he already had a rogues gallery that hates him. And, and he, you know, he does a Spider-Man thing of quipping around when, uh, when fighting them. And then, like, the supporting cast was filled with nothing but, like, great written characters. MJ was... Mary Jane was was awesome. J. Jonah Jameson, they turned to an Alex Jones podcaster. That was really fun. Uh, Wait, who's Alex <laughs> Jones? I keep hearing that, but I, no one ever Info Wars. It. Info Wars. Look it up. Yeah. <laughs> Info Wars? Info Wars. Info yeah. Wars. Info you're, Wars. Honestly, I'm jealous that you're in a world where you don't know who Alex Jones is. Oh, I wish in, I was in that Alex Jones. Oh, that's, just to what, that's just what to look up, I guess? Yeah. Yeah, look it up. Um, mm. It's not easy just to me. Oh, she's someone that. It's a he. That he's just just fun. look it up. It gets political fast. Look it up. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but like all the all the supporting characters in that game had like their own story arcs that you follow, and then there was enough twists and turns to keep you on like your heels. And there were parts in that in the story where you think to yourself, "Huh, they might actually destroy a huge chunk of New York in this game," which for like an open world game to just get to make you think that they're about to get rid of like. A huge percentage of the map, I think, is pretty crazy. Um, but I think that's just a testament to the writing. The, the writing in that game was incredible. So for that reason alone, I decided to replay the entire game on the PS5. And this time around, I actually platinumed it. Uh, I actually had a much better time playing. That's probably because I had already had so many hours on the PS4 versions that I already knew my footing around the combat and the uh, the the swinging and and traversing and stuff like that. Uh, so this playthrough definitely elevated from being a very good game to a great game in my mind. Uh, but like that being said, Miles Morales, I I just finished the story. I still haven't done all the side the side stuff, uh, but that Miles Morales just blows 2018's Spider-Man game out oh. of the water. <laughs> Oh, like, oh, it just blows. Yeah, no, they're just gonna stop there mid sentence. Just blows. No, no, dude. It, it's <laughs> like, so yeah, much like, better. Uh, everything they built up, trash. <laughs> no, man. I heard it has a lot more personality because they're really leaning in on his background and heritage. Yeah, and everything. absolutely. Uh, so, does that mean I'm gonna be disappointed in the first one because I played Miles first? Yes, I. It's after <laughs> after no shorter. Playing, I mean, I beat it in one session. Yeah, after after playing Miles Morales, uh, it might be a little hard to to go back to to Spider Man. Um, unlike Spider Man, mm. this one is de- definitely felt like. Oh, so you played it as well, Angel, right? Yeah, I oh, just yeah. played Miles Morales. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, so so this game feels a little bit more like an origin story because even though Miles already knows how to swing and fight, he still has a lot to learn. Pretty much. So the game takes place about a year after the events of the first Spider Man game, and I don't know about you, Angel, but that intro is such a banger like the opening mission i played it three times oh yeah I, hey, I, I thought it was gonna be 
like press to skip it or want to skip it the second time around because I started a new game plus file to actually mm-hmm. do everything because I I didn't do any side missions right. on the first time around except for the the challenges to upgrade your base mobility and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the the second time around was still really cool. Just running, well, I don't know. It, it made Rhino interesting. I fought I fought yeah. Rhino in the past before, like in Ultimate Spider Man, which I really love that game, but. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if it still holds up. I just haven't played it in decades, but I thought that game was really, really fun. But right. Right. yeah, that Rhino mission was really cool. Definitely very set PC. I played it once at at the uh, the the PS5 has two modes that you can play: the performance mode, which you play at 60 frames, and then the fidelity mode, which you play at 30, but with like increased uh, visual visual effects, improved visuals. But that one runs at 30, so I played it at 60 frames. And then as soon as I could, I restarted and played it in the fidelity mode. And then once I was done with that, I played it again at the, uh, at the 60 frames mode because that's how I want to play the rest of the game. Um, but yeah, that opening mission is probably my favorite opening slash intro to any game that I've ever played. Somebody made the comparison to me is like, Oh, is it better than the last of us intro? Which the last of us intro is great, but that one just makes you feel depressed. Uh, so yeah, and and this had a smile. This this gave me a smile on my that face. It was a cool intro. I mean, it it was a really cool intro, but I don't know. I think it's kind of hard for a lot of games to beat the intro of God of War three, just because that one just. I mean, it just literally starts at a climax. You're like on top of a titan, then you fight like Poseidon immediately after with the right. giant like water horses and like the scale and everything is just like whoa. I mean, yeah, you could tell that, that was, I don't know. It was just kind of nuts. <laughs> But um, this one's so cool. I mean, like I love that they threw in their Insomniac logo in the mall. Oh yeah, that, that was a that was a nice little touch. Um, and then like once you're done, do you with fight that Rhino intro... in the first one? Is that a curiosity? Do you fight Rhino in the first game? Yes, 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 you do. Uh, he doesn't. He, I mean, was he? Uh, hopefully, it was a very different fight because that's the only thing I was kind of worried about. Like, oh, I figured like you must have fought him in the first one that it doesn't feel kind of like a rehashed boss. Yeah, it, it definitely it definitely has a different mechanic on how on how you take him down. Um, ah. But like once that intro mission's done, they start playing this one song by Jaden Smith uh, as you're like swinging, and I don't know. I felt that was incredibly hype. Like you just finished this, it, it almost felt like a movie, kind of not not exactly into the Spider Verse, <laughs> but but like as you're swinging around, you have this this song that apparently a lot of uh, Twitch streamers are getting DMs hated for. So maybe don't oh, stream the this I'm game. Ready song or whatever. Yeah, he put out exactly. for it. Yeah, they did a music no, video for one, it not too. That one. Um, oh, it's called On a My Different Own. One. Oh, okay. Because they did a music video for one of those, yeah. and it's, I thought it was so weird because they mixed it with gameplay footage. And it's like that's fine, I get that. But they had him on a rooftop in L.A. I'm like, <laughs> why is he in L.A.? I mean, I get quarantine, but what? Like, it's New York. Like, the identity of Spider Man is New York. Why is he in L.A.? I'm, I mean, it's green screen. Uh, that guy. Maybe, maybe they were thinking that pe- that some people just wouldn't get the just be like, oh yeah, that's New York. Yeah, probably. Yeah. But I, I I know my skylines. <laughs> right. Uh, the, the story this time around is a much more personal one than Spider-Man's. Uh, the stakes aren't as high. You could argue that they're still pretty high because spoiler alert. One, two, three, four, five. Okay, that was enough time for you guys. Um, <laughs> Harlem is on the verge of getting destroyed. Uh, just the, the, the north side of, of, of New York. Um, thank you. I had no idea where that was. Yeah. Uh, the story is way shorter, maybe about a fourth of Spider-Man's runtime, but I think it was just the right amount of time for a story this small. I don't know about you, Angel. Did it, did it feel like a nice little compact experience? That is a nice way to describe it. Like, I, de- 
it was definitely on the short side. Like, I mean, like I beat it in one day, but I, right. I didn't feel like I needed more game. I was like, it was just really fun throughout, mm-hmm. but it was definitely like, well, that's short, but I don't think I really said it like as a negative. Yeah. Like it knew how long it needed to be. Cause there's still plenty of game to play. So it just like, yeah. Yeah. And, and of that game to play, I, the gameplay side of things, I think is what saw the improvement over 2018 Spider-Man. Uh, starting with just Miles himself, it, it definitely feels like you are playing a different character uh, and not just like a Peter Parker reskin. The way that, that Miles swings is completely different. The way that he does self takedowns is completely different. The way that he just fights in general is completely different. Um, you're still doing the same inputs, but Miles just has his own his own spin, his own flavor into like the combat. So, so is there like an equivalent to the Venom punches? Because you know, holding L one, like you know, if you do electrical punches, no, there, or there is, there is no equivalent to to the Venom punches, and that, and that's what definitely sets Miles apart from mm, Peter. I'm guessing no visibility either. Yeah, no visibility either. In Miles Morales, you tap A on the D pad and you camouflage. In Spider Man, you just bring up your camera. So, <laughs> yeah, so, so. <laughs> A little anticlimactic. Well, I guess it goes the other way. I was going to say a little anticlimactic, yeah. but I guess that one came first. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If if you've seen Into the Spider-Verse, you might know what we're talking about where, you know, there's that scene where, where Miles turns invisible. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. He has that, like, little stinger ability that he uses against Kingpin at the end of the movie. That's, that's, uh... The Venom Punch? Yeah, the Venom Punch, or the, the Stinger Punch, or Venom Stinger, whatever they call it. Those are brought into this game pretty seamlessly, and they they definitely add a new fun layer to the combat. Um, the open world stuff also saw a much bigger upgrade. The game takes place during Christmas week, so New York is covered in snow, and it looks really nice. But the crimes and side quests are now accessed via Miles's phone. So while you're swinging around, you still get like a notification on the map saying, "Oh, there's a crime nearby," but you can actually access uh, all crimes uh, via his phone, and you can even redo them to get tokens to upgrade your gadgets and suits and stuff like that. And unlike the same 20 crimes that you'll do over and over again in uh, in Spider-Man, here the crimes are a little bit less generic this time around. I don't... You didn't do much of the crime stuff then, right, Angel? I did a few. I don't know how many different ones I've seen, but the one I've been running into the most is the one where there are criminals trying to break into a car and there's like a meter that they're just building up as they're breaking into the car and you have to keep yeah. hitting them out of the way. Yeah, so, so, those, so that's... That's way more creative than anything that they did in, uh, in Spider-Man, <laughs> honestly. Um, even the side quests this time around are a little bit more engaging. I don't know. I think Insomniac improved like every facet that they could, and they struck gold with this one, honestly. It's, uh, did you do Cat's Pajamas already? Yes. And I think you could only do that in New Game Plus. Really? Oh. Yeah. I'm not sure. Cause I, I must have completely skipped it the, the first time around then. But, uh, but yeah, I started up my, my New Game Plus file so i'm going to be doing like all the side stuff so i could get the platinum in this game um definitely a game of the year contender for me but i don't know hades is going to be tough to beat honestly and, uh yeah I, I i loved it i loved the uh, miles morales i really really like spider-man I, I really love miles morales and like uh we talked about there is an into the spider-verse suit that drops his frame rate it looks so cool it looks so cool you could use that frame rate dropping ability because it is an ability you attach to the suit is not part of the suit. Yeah. So you can also like use the suit without it and it'll just look kind of weird because we're mm-hmm. used to seeing it not animated that way. But it was also kind of fun putting that a modifier to other suits just to see like what the mm-hmm. modern Miles suit looks like when you're moving at that frame rate. And it does look pretty cool. It looks, it ends up looking like stop motion. 
Yeah. I, I do like that they also change the the model completely on Into the Spider-Verse suit. Oh, yeah. The yeah, proportions he, are different. Yeah, it looks weird when he takes the mask off, though. Oh, really? Oh, I haven't... I haven't seen Cause, that. Because then it looks like he has like a normal sized head with like a kind of scrawnier body. Just like oh that. wow! I need to check that out. That's that sounds hilarious. Um, yeah, yeah there, there's there's like there's like nice little touches. Oh, and then it sets up the sequel or whatever they decide to call uh, the next Spider-Man game. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm guessing this one will probably be like you'll get to control Spider-Man and Miles at the same time to, I guess, give you even more variety. Which means I'll probably have to add more things to Spider-Man to catch yeah. him up to Miles. But yeah, exactly. Even even Peter in the game early on says like, "Oh man, I'm pretty jealous of your abilities." Uh, so I I don't know what they'll add to, Just to Peter. Straight up better Spider-Man abilities wise. Unless they unless the they same. decide to bring in uh, the symbiote suit and somehow give that to oh. Peter and have have him access that so that might be that cool. would be interesting yeah. yeah use that ps5 technology to make it all oozy and cool looking oh yeah that does sound pretty good the ray tracing on that ooze i mean i don't know if you remember, like, if you played ultimate spider-man but i remember like that game really funny because you could play as venom and instead of swinging he'll like you could hold the r button to just like jump ridiculously high you could literally jump over buildings there's like a like, whole game jump. if i remember correctly yeah, he, yeah, wasn't he was it much the hulk yeah, and you could just like jump around and like he'll still have like tendrils that he'll like grab opponents and he'll just like absorb them into a body and then you just kill them that way, which is really cool. It was a very interesting way to kill people because you felt like the overpowered monster. I don't know. Ultimate Spider-Man and Hulk Ultimate Destruction were ridiculously fun games. Hopefully, Ultimate Destruction. Who, who were the devs? Oh, those guys made it was. Uh, yes, it was. Uh, oh, radical? Free radical. No, what's free radical? Was it free radical? Was it? Uh, I'm ch- looking it up. I think it was Free Radical, and I think they also yeah Radical Entertainment. There we go. Free yeah, Radical. The really fun Hulk game. It was Radical Entertainment. Radical Entertainment. Okay. Who also did? If you're curious, nothing like look it up Wikipedia on a podcast. Uh, they also did such hits as Power Pigs of the Dark Age for the Super Nintendo and a bunch of NBA games. Um, oh, they did uh, Simpsons, Simpsons Road Rage. Hit, that was them. No, Simpsons. Yeah, but they also did Simpsons Hit, hit and Run. Yeah. And Crash oh, Mind of this game. I wonder how a remaster of Hidden Run would fare nowadays. I think they'd have to add a few more things. They'd have to add so much. Yeah. They'd have to add so much. Because <laughs> the game was really, like, it was, you know, open world-esque, but it was very bare bones compared to what's considered acceptable now. Yeah, true. True, true, true. And it worked for it because Simpsons is like a simple world because it's cartoon. You know, I think the Hulk one would actually work well with it. The Hulk one would be really good now. Yeah. 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 Uh so yeah, that was a uh, Spider Man. Uh do you have anything else to add to Spider Man Angel? Um well I mean I played it on PS4 and it still looked really pretty, so I can only imagine what it looked like on PS5. Yeah, it's a great looking game. Because I because sure. I 'cause I didn't get um when when I was playing as Miles in his Spider Verse costume, I didn't get the the onomatopoeia, like comic book sound effects. Like they don't come out on the PS4 it seems. Oh, they don't. When I punch a kick, no. I think that should be in a that should be like a suit mod that you can add to it as well. Oh, that's like a separate suit mod. Yeah. So you know how there's there's oh, like two boy. sets. There's the the visor and then whatever it is. Oh, it's right in the under other it. one. Yeah. Oh, it should I guess be I have there. to check that out. Yeah. Oh, all this time I thought it just wasn't part of it. But but yeah, I mean even even on the PS4, like it looked really really good. So. If you only have a PS4, I wouldn't say you need to wait to play it. And besides, yeah, don't you get like a free upgrade if you do anyway? Yeah, if you if you buy it on PS4, you get uh, 
the PS5 upgrade whenever you do decide to jump over. And I believe your save also yeah. carries over. There you go. There you go. Play them. Play these games. They're they're great. And uh, with that being said, I don't know if it's been great or not, but uh, Jason, talk to us a little bit about mm. Mandalorian Season another 2. Di- another Disney property. Yeah, let's just keep going down the Disney the Disney hierarchy. Am I, am I the only one that's been watching Mandalorian? Have you guys watched any of either season? Uh, I actually started watching it in another timeline. So I'll talk about so, it. So you have not been. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I, yeah, because I'm not a Star Wars. I'm not a huge Star Wars guy. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean I'm not the biggest. Like I enjoy the movies. I don't like I haven't watched the animated series. I haven't read the books. I haven't played much of the games. Um but yeah, I don't know. Like I, I mean, recommended it to me, which says a lot considering he's very much also not a Star Wars guy. He recommended he, well, the, I think, the Mandalorian, really? Because um, he was hanging out with um, my sister and brother-in-law, and I guess they were watching an episode, and he was just really impressed, he said, by the production values that he might actually check it out. Oh, wow. Yeah, because here, here's the thing about it. Like, we never talked about it feel on like the a podcast. Legitimate, like, like a movie or something? It does at times. There's times it definitely feels a little cheap because – so they have – first of all, they have crazy technology to film this thing. So what they did is they built a, on a soundstage a 360-degree screen, and they filmed the majority of the outdoor stuff on this screen. And the screen can move, obviously, and animate stuff. And then the characters can be on, like, uh, moving walkways and runways and stuff. So basically, they are simulating the real lighting effects of real environments they would have to go out to or build or plants that don't exist. And they're having it reflect off, like, man- the Mandalorian's, like, costume and, you know, the armor and everything. But it's all, like, on a soundstage. So it's this really interesting thing where it's, like, super high production value, but sometimes you can kind of be like, oh, yeah, that looks kind of like a screen behind him. But more often than not, it really looks really good. And then, like, the CG and, like, the, the space fighting and when they do chases on the planets and all the CG looks the – mon- the, the monsters, the aliens, they all look really good. Like, they're, it's definitely a high-budget production for sure. Um, but, yeah, I guess since we never talked about it last year, um, I think part of the reason that Elvis may like it or at least that someone that doesn't traditionally care a ton about Star Wars may like it um, is because it's not really, like – Star. I mean, it is and it isn't Star Wars. It's like it's set in the universe, but doesn't follow any of the old lore. I guess it. it well, kind of. So it's <laughs> it's it's like a Western inspired monster of the week type of show that has that weaves in a bunch of Star Wars tropes. So like traditionally, I prefer shows that have like a more not overarching story, but more like each episode you have to watch the last one. It's like this. Right, whole, you know, it's doesn't very... like to invest his time into too many things. So something no, that doesn't the... require him to have prior knowledge is definitely advantageous for his mind. Well, this. Well, you're saying the opposite of what I'm saying because I'm saying normally I prefer shows where I do have to pay attention to every single episode fully versus ones that are like a monster of the week type of thing where there's an overarching plot. But you know, if you miss a show here or there, you're not going to be totally clueless what's going on. I'm actually saying the opposite of what you're saying, Angel. But uh, you like to be yeah, totally like, clueless. No, 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 I'm saying I, I, you're saying I don't have much time, so theoretically that would mean I prefer a Monster of the Week type of show, I'm saying the opposite. But, that said, with Mandalorian, I do actually like the format, cause it, it's kind of, it's kind of a throwback in style to like an old western. So, you know, he goes to different places, it's, it, and instead of going from like town to town as a bounty hunter, and then helping out the townsfolk or gang in a fight or what have you, he's going planet to planet, and he's trying to sort of, figure out baby yoda's background that's the like the very basic of it but what's cool is how it does weave in like star wars tropes um you know they're little things like even how they transition between scenes or like how there's always that shot of a ship flying past a guard tower you know when they get to a new planet like they even get those little things in there um and and it's fun because like 
Well, I guess I should explain why I'm talking about right now, because we're in the middle of season two, right? So season one was that, was that set up, and you just kind of ride it out. Season two, uh, episode five came out on Thanksgiving, so we're now halfway through season two, and I'm noticing, like, you could tell the popu- how popular it is, because, like, there's some things that are more, that it's bigger, and there's some things that are better, and there's some things that are worse, so I think, like, the western format and the kind of monster of the week vibe and the production values are what make it really good if you're just like tuning in for the first time but as someone who's been watching the series what i what i like is i'm starting to pick up on these patterns of what they're doing like yes there is some weaving in of star wars stuff but it's really cool because they're doing new world building and introducing new species and and things like that and it's constantly much like an old western you know it's always a different thing every time so yes there's an overarching story of how do you find baby yoda and there's a monster of the week and all that but like or not how's he fine where's where's baby yoda go uh and you know monster week and all that but also like you're getting these little slices of star wars that you may recognize from a movie or you may not recognize and they all kind of fit together like a little puzzle and it's kind of cool just see them sort of explore new aspects of that universe in a way that's not like too you need to know everything about star wars to appreciate you just be like that's a cool looking alien or whatever (laughs) but um it, it does on a high level Fair warning if you guys decide to start watching. At times, because of Mandalorian's bulky out, uh, armor, it does kind of feel like you're watching like Star Wars Power Rangers, like some of the combat. Um, like it has kind of that weird, like you know, what I mean, uh, combat from Power Rangers. But overall, Where I think they're it, it's, clearly it's cool. dodging each other's attacks. Not so much that, but just like the idea of like the like big bulky thing, like trying to do slick fighting moves. Um, yeah, I never. I was never so I, a fan of of Mondo's uh, his armor. I mean, it's it's I it's interesting because the whole series, honestly, like even if you're not a fan of it initially, I mean, yeah, that's what it looks like. And especially when they zoom in on his helmet, and it's just like obviously he has no face, but they're trying to make like emotional impact. It's a little wonky. But what's really interesting about uh, season one, that's continuing a little with season two, but not as much, is they upgrade his armor throughout the season it's very much a video game structure he goes to a place he completes a mission he gets an upgrade he goes to another place he completes a mission he gets an upgrade with this end goal that he still have to do along the way so like by the end of season one he has a jetpack and like you know they give him like different armor pieces and different like shoulder pads and stuff and it does sort of change the look of him but yeah if you're if you're watching it you're like this guy looks like the the knights who say knee from monty python or something he will throughout and you can't shake that feeling like it's definitely a little weird if you don't like like the suit because that's all you see but um but what was interesting is like so season one was you know just kind of that fetch quest video game structure season two um they're actually starting to like broaden it out into more Star Warsy things, which is both good and bad. Oh, no. um, yeah, that's kind of my fear. So on the one on the one hand, the set pieces are bigger. There's more Star Warsy combat. Uh, you know, they're they're also like playing with the theming a bit more. So like the first episode of the season was like super westerny, and then um, you know this week they actually kind of did like inspiration from classic samurai movies. So like the planet they go to and like the showdown that unfolded and the art direction was all set in this kind of like feudal Japan, but with like an alien spin. It's like, they're having fun with it, but it's definitely like, it feels like they're starting to really put layer star Wars on top. Like you can also get a sense of Disney's like money hungry ways creeping in. I mean, first of all, before we even get to the star Wars specific stuff, the money hungry thing, most notable is baby Yoda, right? Like he's a bonafide merchandising hit. And, he's great in it but they're spending like it's great he's always adorable but they're spending so much time focusing like look here he is eating cookies here he is swinging his arms like crazy in the ship while mando does a crazy maneuver like he's on a roller coaster here he is like adorably committing genocide by eating the egg of a last 
the last egg of a species and you're like oh he's committing genocide cute and like they're making merch off that like you could literally buy a funko pop of him committing genocide um and it's just kind of like it feels a little forced now like i love baby yoda but it's not feel a little forced but then the way they kind of like connect it back to other star wars um is definitely starting to stick out it's like oh boy here we go connected world and on the one hand there's good to be yeah, had. No, they made like, a reference good... to life day which is a thing only in the star wars christmas thing that to me is like good fan search because it was low-key it was a single sentence throwaway sentence like i thought that was kind of cool I and mean, honestly the that stuff part that... of destroyed fans because now they have to acknowledge that movie as canon but yeah well and they made a new holiday special out of legos that uh lego holiday special that just came up on on disney plus a couple weeks ago um so that even that you could argue was them going oh we can make the throwaway line and look we can monetize it but the one i'm thinking of and again it could be good or bad is um they are bringing in the animated series which you know a lot of people are really excited to see these lo- these animated characters get live action uh interpretations both uh it's both uh bo-katan i think is how to say it who uh is played in the live action and the animated series by katie sackoff a battle star uh so that was kind of cool to see her but uh it's it's bo-katan and then uh ahsoka tano who is like the main character from rebels and clone wars and clone wars uh i think she made a cameo in rebels the orange person right yes. yeah the orange person and now she's played by rosario dawson um which you know she she was great in it but it seemed like like for um, first of all it's amazing wait, 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 fan series for people who I, love the uh that... rosario dawson plays her in the series yeah okay. in the in mandalorian um, actually, you know, honestly, the the casting in this show is so interesting to me because they they're like low key getting a bunch of comedians and sneaking them in there. Like season one had Amy Sedaris, it had Jason Sudeikis, it had Ann Polly, it had Bill Burr. Had Jason season two has Horatio Sands. Um, he's oh. not really a comedian, but Timothy Oliphant plays like the basically the sheriff of the town in the first episode of season two. Uh, which is now like I gotta see perfect, this show. I love Timothy. It's Oliphant. like a perfect casting choice, honestly. But no, it's like really interesting how they're getting all these like people that are just like maybe fans of the franchise or whatever to be in the show in these kind of like subtle ways. Like Sudeikis and Adam Pauly were like two stormtroopers that have like a couple minutes and that's it. He's not a comedian, but Werner Herzog was like – Oh, yeah. He's in it too. Right? I forgot about that. He was in season one. Uh, he hasn't been back yet, but he is in season one. They also got uh, Gus from Breaking Bad. That's the name. Yeah, he's guess. yeah. Uh, Gian Giancarlo Esposito, I think. Yes, yes, he's the big bad. But yeah, like they, it's really interesting casting. And then like Carl Weathers is in it. He actually directed one of the episodes this season. Oh, wow. Like it's very like the casting alone is very interesting. Just see these people do these roles they don't typically do. Like it, it's it's kind of cool. But anyway, I, I got going, a tangent. Going back um, to yeah, Jason so, Sudeikis and and who else? Yes, Adam uh, Pally or Polly or however you say his name from Happy Endings they, and uh, other things. They made the stormtroopers have terrible aim cannon right i think they did a long time ago they certainly have terrible aim in the show which i have pointed out multiple times when watching it they try to <laughs> they try to shoot the child point blank yeah and miss. like they miss which i, I thought yeah, was also pretty a, also pretty funny story about that is um so i guess jason takes when they were improving what to do he at one point punches the bag that baby yoda's in right and he forgot he did that and then fast forward to the show airing however many months made later and his wife, Olivia Wilde, like comes in to wherever he is and she's holding up her phone. She's like, why did you punch baby Yoda? And he's like, I wouldn't punch baby Yoda. What are you talking about? And he's like, you punched baby Yoda and like shows him the footage. He's like, oh my God, I punched baby Yoda. <laughs> Cause like at the time, like it wasn't a big deal. No one really knew who or what baby Yoda was, but then <laughs> he felt horrible. Uh, but yeah, he was telling that, he was telling that Conan a couple months ago. But, Richard um, Ayuade is in this too? It, I'm telling you, it's like a crazy cast. Jesus 
And 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 uh, Bill Burr is in this show too. Ah, oh, I'm gonna have to start watching this show. I don't like Star Wars. Ah, oh. yeah, no, but it doesn't feel like Star Wars. That's my point. It's like a Western Monster of the Week show that just is overlaid with Star Wars and has like little nods. At least season one was like it definitely has references and stuff. Right. And season two still has some subtle ones. Like one I really liked that was pretty subtle was um in that first episode of season two they're on speeders going wherever and they're on tattooing they're on a tattooing but on like the not where Luke is from. But one of the speeders has a retrofitted pod racing um, engine on it, like a junked pod racing engine, right. which they never acknowledge. They never address. It's just on the speeder. And it's like little things like that. It's like if you're a big fan, it's like, oh, that's that's actually kind of cool or like, you know, things like that. But with season two, I just never say is they're really blatantly starting to bring things in. And if you're a fan of the animated series, which like a lot of people love Clone Wars and Rebels, they're kind of been the – they're canon, but they've been kind of the black sheep in terms of like will they ever get the proper recognition among the – among like – Disney, I feel like they're thrilled because those two characters I just mentioned are in it and are like central to it. Right. And it's probably in part because uh, Dave Filoni, who's in charge of those animated series, is also along with John Favreau in charge of the Mandalorian. So he basically backdoored his his characters into the show. Yeah. And Disney's like, yeah, whatever. But um, and and to be clear, like it oozes fan service when they do it. Like it doesn't. They feel. They play him up in such a way in the show that they're like, oh, this is a big deal that this person's here, even if you don't fully understand why it's a big deal. Like for um, for uh, Ahsoka uh, Tano, they like do this whole crazy thing where she's just like slicing people left and right with her dual lightsabers. And you're just like, all right, this is like – here's this badass Jedi we're introducing to you. You probably know who she is. If so, look at how badass she is. If you don't know who she is, well, you're now getting to know that she's a bad. Like it, it – they do it in a way that like I could see if I – understood what it meant how exciting it would be as fan service on the other side of that uh oh the downside of that uh -oh. is is again um make us not to be a star fan here but it feels like you can see them shoehorning in a broader world that oh. they want to do like there are multiple episodes that have these sort of like backdoor pilot feel like the one with uh ahsoka like she name drops the I don't want to spoil too much here. She name drops another character from Clone Wars and is talking about going off to find that person. It's like, well, why are you going to randomly say that on a show that's not about this character unless they're planning to do a spinoff series? Or like the episode before that, uh, there's this mercenary named Cara Dune who uh, – she was in season one. She comes back in season two for an episode at least so far and – at the end of the episode, she's like, oh, she's the marshal of the town, whatever, whatever. And then, like, some uh, New Republic guy's like, hey, you know, if you want to, like, go on this other adventure and help us with this thing, like, here's my card. It's like, that has no bearing on the real plot of the show. Like, it's clearly that they're just, like, trying to, like, franchise it out. And it just feels a little, like, forced at times. And it's just kind of, you get that feeling that there's a lot. Disney's putting a lot more money into this and is hoping to get a lot more money out of this. And while season one was just kind of like, oh, it's like a fun Western in Star Wars. This one's – there's so many like, we're going to Avengers this. Like sit tight. And it just – I don't know. It just kind of runs like a threat. Right? A little, yeah. Because I mean the last time they tried that, Star Wars got oversaturated in movie theaters and now they backed off doing movies for a while. And, you know, it, it led to fans having very divided opinions on stuff like Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker. Still haven't seen Solo. I – kind of like solo it's not great but like it, it, it i prefer rogue one for sure yeah if we're talking spin-offs but rogue solo's one. not bad rogue one's a mate I, I, yeah. I rogue one has a lot of problems but i but i genuinely love that movie i don't i don't like the sequel trilogy i think i was one of the few people within our group that said i didn't like force awakens and some of you guys called me crazy or maybe that was i really like force awakens or, or honestly that, that i think else. there's a nostalgia factor 
Yeah, and the but no, the a lot of the guys didn't like it in the group. I, I will say I should be I should be fair in the same way you're being Mandalorian here. Um, like these things where it's like, oh, they're clearly bringing someone in just to spin them off. Like it's not that big of a deal. Oh, there's way more gratuitous Baby Yoda shots. It's not that big of a deal. It's still a very enjoyable show. And like, there's definitely like the pros outweigh the cons. Like they're doing some cool fan service. I forgot to mention like um. In the second episode of the season, they bring in these weird, massive spider creatures, which it turns uh-huh. out were in the original concept art for the original Star Wars, but were never put into the movie. So they're like digging deep into the archives to find like Star that Wars is, references. That, that's for ideas or what? <laughs> I think because it's supposed to be a throwback. I mean, they could have made any spider creature, but they went with the design from, you know, the original concept why art. So I thought that was kind of cool. And they keep giant spiders such a. I don't know. There's such a thing. <laughs> so. There's such a trope. So, There's such a thing. Do you, do you guys remember the movie Wild Wild West? Yep. Uh, yeah. Do you guys yeah, remember the giant mechanical spider? Other character. Yeah, giant spiders are a thing. Yeah. Um. So apparently well, that that giant mechanical spider was supposed to be in a Superman movie directed by Kevin Smith, and huh. then and because mm-hmm. like the producer of Kevin Smith's Superman movie really wanted a giant mechanical spider in it, and then Kevin Smith's movie. His his Superman movie never came out, so the producer right. then decided to make Wild Wild West with the giant mechanical spider as the like centerpiece <gasps> of that movie. Literally, Wild Wild West was literally only made for that giant mechanical spider. That's really funny, and it ended up being such a big hit. So I guess that guy's right about giant mechanical spider. Was it a big hit? Because I don't remember it getting it, a sequel. I remember it doing. I well, Wild Wild West. I'm pretty sure it made some money. It was like it peak. made fifty million more dollars than it cost to make. Okay, not a big hit. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, never mind. And the producer, uh, co-produced by Barry Sonner, Sonnenfeld, who I'm assuming is Mr. Spider. But Probably, yeah. No, uh, but uh, well, maybe. But I do. I do think like to go back to Mandalorian for a sec. I do think. Again, those are kind of nitpicks. They're just if you watch season one, and season two, they sort of pop out to you. But overall, the show's still a lot of fun. I would recommend it. It's like a nice, especially right now. There's not a ton of like big production new shows coming out because we had the quarantine. and Everything It's kind of nice to have something like this. Um, plus, they like keep introducing cool little characters. There's this frog lady. Like everyone's freaking out about the anime characters. I like this frog lady. So in in one episode, there's this lady who who is a frog. Like literally, she's just a frog wearing like clothes, and she has this kind of feminine thing and and um mando has to help her get her eggs she's the one that baby oak commits genocide to almost she she's the last of her species or whatever and has to get her eggs to her husband on a different planet so they can have their kids and keep the species going and the eggs are in like a container and she's just like like on the scale of like space amphibians she's very close to slippy not that she's annoying but like basically she's worthless and just constantly needs your help but um, she's like just this. She's just this lady, and she's like this That's like so really well designed frog lady. Uh, well, Slippy's a, a, a man frog, a, a male frog, well, a man frog. And useless. Yeah, he is pretty useless, and she's pretty useless too. And she, you know, she does the same sort of silly stuff as Slippy, where like they, um, without spoiling too much, are on a planet, and she ends up deciding to go to a hot spring to keep her eggs warm i guess i don't know and she just wanders off and doesn't tell mando and i was just like yeah that's like when slippy's like i'm gonna go shoot this thing and then just like never comes back until he radios you like i'm about to die come rescue me oh it's sucks for you slippy that. i but, wish that, yeah, that was a thing but, that <laughs> but uh yeah no like frogley like everyone's focused on these other characters but frogley and her frog husband seem like very fine frog people very nice people 
But, uh, yeah, like, you know, and things like that, they're just constantly, and that's not a cheap thing. That was a fully CG character they made that looked like a frog person. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's just like, there's always these little things they do and always little, like, world building things. Like, there was never a frog species before, I don't think, and now, now there is. So, like, even stuff like that. Like, it's just, it's just a fun show. Right. So, um, you know, if you could get over the slight money grabbiness of season two, it, it's still a very fun show. And I know for fans who watch the anime uh, series, it's a huge deal that they brought in those characters, even if it is for kind of building a connected world and all that. Which, I, I don't know how you guys feel, but I'm kind of okay with sometimes shows or movies not always connecting back to their source material directly. Like, I don't know why we can't have like a slice of life, a slice of some other part of life in that inner universe. Because, like, this one's now, like, setting up to be like, oh, well, you know, this is connected to that, and this character's from this show, and maybe Boba Fett pops up is a rumor, and it's just like, why is Boba Fett being this? There could be multiple bounty hunters. Like, why why weave it all together? Because I, I think that was one of the downfalls of the new trilogy, honestly, is they try, you know, the whole, like, who is Rey and the tie-ins. It's just like, I understand it's the Skywalker lineage, but, like, all the time, there's so many times, everything tied in. You can't have one thing that was just circumstantial, or one thing that is just some other person with some other background. It all have to. Connect. I feel like I feel and like we're... that kind of stuff <laughs> where it's set in this universe, but that doesn't necessarily, um, it's not necessarily connected towards yeah. any other part of the property. Are usually reserved for like comedic shows. So like you had that Star Trek show that just uh, aired on CBS. Oh, Lower Deck. Lower Decks, yeah. yeah. Or Lower Decks, yeah, yeah. Lower Decks. Um, there was a planned Star Wars show like this from uh, Seth Green, the robot chicken guys, called Star Wars mm-hmm. Detours, I think. Mm-hmm. And then you also had right. uh, Marvel really wanted to do uh, a property damage. No, was it property damage? Or, or, or damage control. Damage control. Which would have taken place in the in the MCU, but not really be connected to it. Like, Oh, right, right. DC did something similar with oh, uh, Powerless, Powerless on yeah, that's NBC. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that kind of stuff is which usually always great. reserved for the comedic shows, which... I guess it just feels like... So, like, season one, man, because it is so, like, carved out as, like, a monster of the week thing. Yes, Baby Yoda's there, but you don't know if he's the species. It could just be the species, like, what's going on there. But, like, they kept it kind of isolated with nods to other stuff going on. Like, they'll reference, you know, the fall of the Empire and everything. But it was kind of like a self-contained little thing. And then now they're just... I think because they did that so well for, you know, ten episodes. And now for these next eight, they're now, like not retconning it but they're like plugging in all these things that don't need to be plugged in it just feels a little a little forced to me but it is still very enjoyable and it still has that kind of monster of the week vibe so yeah if you've never watched it i recommend it uh if you like season one season two is just more of that and then you know money making schemes on top so that's the mandalorian seeing as how seeing as how i'm going to have to start paying for hulu full price again because I can't take advantage yeah. of the uh, just, Black Friday just stuff. Just do the bundle. Yeah, I might as well do the bundle with Hulu, Disney Plus, and ESPN Plus. Or if you have Verizon, you can get Disney Plus for free with certain uh, plans. And Hulu for free. I, I do not have uh, Verizon. I am a T-Mobile guy. Let me tell you, if you sign up now, we're not sponsored. I'm going to stop there. <sighs> Why can't we get sponsored <laughs> yet? I sh- we should get sponsored so I could pay for some Jason, stuff. Jason, make apartment. it happen. Okay, I'll, I'll call up Verizon. I'll call up customer service and be like, hey, can you sponsor our pod? Can you sponsor our Quarantine Chronicles? And hey, like, I mean, if it, works, it works, <laughs> if it works, it works. If it works, it works. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Um, cool, cool. I, uh, there's no, there's no easy way to segue into this. Um, I finally got a chance to watch Bong Joon-ho's sophomore film, Memories of Murder, which was finally released in HD. I think we planned on seeing this once, but then I told you guys that. We it did. Like, it was like, oh, it's, a. Uh, it's only available in 480p, so we ended up watching the host. 
you guys remember that? Sounds game? right. Yeah. That I remember watching the host. Familiar, yes. Oh, and it took forever for us to find the the Korean version with with English subtitles. That was a pain. Yeah. Um, but but anyways, uh, for those who don't know, Bong Joon Ho is a Korean director most known for directing movies like Snowpiercer, The Host, and Okja. And uh, he also directed a little movie called Parasite. Uh, wasn't anything special. <laughs> it only cleaned up the Academy Awards last year. And uh, this year, it's still twenty twenty. I guess. And. Uh, <laughs> One of my favorite movies of all time. I love that movie. I even sprung for the Criterion 4K Blu-ray release that came out recently. Uh, I know with some know... really clever packaging. Yeah, that packaging. Like I don't want to spoil the movie, but if you've seen the movie, that packaging is super clever. Yeah, it's 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 awesome. It's yeah. one of my one of my treasured possessions. My niece uh, got near it. I was like, No, you aren't getting near this thing because you will destroy it. Um, <laughs> what about you guys? Of Bajin Ho's movies that you've seen, which ones of them do you actually like? What do you think of them? Uh, I mean, I've seen Parasite and The Host and part of Snowpiercer. Um, definitely I've loved both of those previous films. I mean, I liked Parasite enough to buy it on Blu-ray as soon as I was able to. And by that, I mean, I had a feeling I was going to like it. So I bought it on Blu-ray without having seen it. And then I watched it and I did love it. So it was very justified. Right. Yeah, I... Uh... Parasite I liked a lot. I think going into it, because of how much hype it had when it was still in theaters, like I went in not knowing what to expect, but I thought it was going to be like way crazy. And it was crazy, but it wasn't way crazy. It was like Tarantino crazy. So when it came out, I was just like, that was good, but I don't know why I was expecting it. Like I got like the word of mouth was too strong almost, but it was as I sat on it longer and sort of let it like marinate over me, it was, it is a very good movie. Yeah. <laughs> I think over just me. people put the expectations really high. Um, in terms of what sort of crazy quote unquote happens, but yeah, that I saw. Um, uh, the host we all watched. Uh, Snowpiercer was the first one of his I saw, and I was actually pleasantly surprised. I watched it on an airplane, not expecting anything. I'm like, oh, a train that never ends. Okay, but uh, it was actually really good. Yeah, so I, yeah, I, I like his stuff. I need to watch more of his stuff to be honest. Yeah, but um, maybe maybe this is the next one I should watch. Oh, so. All right, so Parasite uh, or not was oh, that a bad okay, setup? Okay. So, so when it comes to to hype, and, and I'll bring this up. Uh, I mean, Parasite's probably one of my favorite movies of all time. Probably, absolutely my favorite of uh, Bong Joon Ho's movies. I think all those other mm-hmm. movies that we talked about are also great. But with Memories of Murder, it's apparently considered one of Korea's best movies of all time. Uh, huh. So, yeah, I went into this with a lot of hype. So it is with sadness that I have to say that it definitely didn't live up to the hype you got parasited i got parasited <laughs> but that being said i still think this movie's pretty pretty great um so it takes place in the in the late 80s and uh, is based on apparently the first known serial murders in korea uh in, i guess in 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 its uh, recorded history it's not set in the in the like metropolitan korean city it's set in this like sleepy countryside town um if anybody's played persona 4 it it definitely gives you vibes of uh of that town that that you play in. Uh, you played a little bit of Persona Four, right, Angel? A very little, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> sounds like a ghost. Very little, <laughs> like very. <laughs> oh, so little, so little. This movie follows a local detective played by uh, Song Kang Ho, uh, who's one of Bong's recurring collaborators slash actors. Uh, that you guys would know as the father of the poor family in Parasite. 
Yes. And, and, and he was on the train in Snowpiercer. Yeah, and he, and he was one of the main characters in the train, and uh, he was the main character in The Host. Uh, I, I'd i like to think that he's a good actor. I I, I don't know Me too. a lot of Korean I, actors, but I, but yeah, I think he's great. I, it seems he seems it, yeah. yeah. From they the enjoy his performances every time. <laughs> yeah, so in this, he plays sort of like a bumbling detective. Uh, he's not an idiot per se, but he has his own methods of getting confessions out of people or knowing if somebody's guilty or not. Which uh, is literally just by staring into somebody's eyes and then claiming whether they're <laughs> guilty or not. Which, uh, spoiler for the movie, doesn't always work. Um, early in <laughs> Sounds the, like a Phoenix Wright plot, honestly. Yeah. Early in the film, a detective from Seoul comes in to help out with the case. Um, and then it becomes a story of these two detectives who are like constantly butting heads trying to solve this case. Where uh, young women are found dead and gagged after like being raped. And then it's so it gets kind of intense. And for a movie with such an intense subject matter, it's oddly funny, which is uh, something that you don't really get from crime movies like seven, right. like oh, seven right. or something. Like, I don't think anybody would think seven is a funny movie or there's any funny parts to, to seven. But I feel like I feel like that's Bong's like repertoire now, like movies having very serious subject matter con and then contrasted with like these, these little funny parts. Mm-hmm. Um, so like this movie has the most drop kicks I've ever seen in a movie. That's not, that's not a martial arts or action heavy movie that, and all the drop kicks are pretty hilarious. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, and then there's a fight scene towards the end of the movie, like almost towards the end of the movie. That's actually like played for laughs. And yeah, that, that's just part of Bong style at this point. It's like he he puts comedy hand in hand with serious subjects. Like in the host, not that it's a serious subject, but there is a giant monster terrorizing Korea. But it's all about like this bumbling family trying to save uh, mm-hmm. uh, one of their own. Snowpiercer is a movie all about like class struggle, set on a train. But that movie has some funny bits to it, you know. And then uh, Parasite is pretty much just a dark comedy, and that movie. But that movie is nothing but class inequality. So here you have like those comedic moments of like I said the drop kicks and the bumbling detectives but then you also have the serious stuff the murder part of the movie and the and the mystery that almost approaches the darkness of true detective season one I think you've seen that really right? yeah it is I've seen that it doesn't get as dark as as that first season but uh it gets mighty close and then hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm not, obviously there's a mystery movie, so I'm not going to spoil anything about it. Uh, but then, like, on the technical side, I think the cinematography in this movie is amazing, almost rivaling Parasites, which Parasite had oh. amazing cinematography. Uh, yeah, the acting is great. The suspense is great. Where my disappointment lies at the end of the day is that the movie just feels like another run-of-the-mill detective story. Um, because here's where some of my bias comes in. I think that they're much better crime detective movies and unfortunately they all come from my from my favorite director david fincher um so like there's nothing in this movie that exactly sets it apart from others the way that like zodiac uh, well have you guys ever seen zodiac gone girl or seven no I've seen no gone girl and zodiac you haven't seen any of those movies angel nope oh man oh man i'm you're so, in for I'm a so jealous. of despair <laughs> like, and uh, darkness I've yeah. seen a robot chicken skit on Gone Girl with a Barbie. 
Okay, not uh, close enough. Close yeah, enough. Yeah, close enough. <laughs> like, uh, well, I guess, I guess, slight spoilers for those movies. But like, Zodiac is a detective movie that slowly turns into a movie about obsession. Gone Girl mm-hmm. literally reveals its mystery at the halfway point of the movie. Um, yep. And then Seven is about a serial killer who bases his killings off the Seven Deadly Sins. So they they all have it, their own spin on. I guess with Seven, it's more of a gimmick. Uh, but at the same time, you know, it sets it apart from other crime detective movies. And this Memories of Murder is just very grounded. It's, I don't, for lack of a better word, I guess it's basic. It's just like a basic, a basic story it, with, with the, uh, I'm sorry. I was going to say, does it feel almost like a TV murder mystery type of thing? Like, all because like all those have like an element to them that separate them from just being like a law and order episode, but well done. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I guess kind of. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, like I said, the movie gets it, it's it's way darker than anything that you'll see ever in like Law and Order, or uh, right. or NCIS or whatever those serialized shows are nowadays. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just very grounded. There's it's and I guess you ha- kind of have to be when it's based off of something so serious that happened in real life. Of course, mm-hmm. of course, there's not going to be like any tentacle monsters that are committing the crimes <laughs> and stuff like that. Um, or, or snowy trains. Yeah, or or there's no Richard Chariots out there, you know, like, <laughs> like yeah. uh, causing causing the deaths of these of these women. Um, but yeah, I just I just think it's very grounded. It's one of Bong's. Uh, well, I, I guess all of Bong's movies have been great. This, this is no exception. Um, but it just didn't. This movie didn't do anything to reinvent the crime genre. Uh, but I guess I, it did come pretty close to being the best version of this type of film, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, if if I were to have a bunch of movies like this, where it's just very, very simple, very basic, it's just a regular, I guess, murder mystery, this would be the best one. This would be the one that I would decide to watch. But I definitely wouldn't put this above, like I said, like Gone Girl uh, or Zodiac, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I got nothing else to say about it. Uh, the movie, aside from the movie's great, you can finally watch it in 1080p. Or HD. I don't think it's available in 4K. I know Criterion does want to make a release of this movie, and I definitely will pick that up. But yeah, that's uh, that's all I really got on Memories of Murder. They just don't want to release it. Uh, I think I think they are, but they announced it so long ago. I I remember they announced the Criterion release of Parasite as well a while ago, and it barely came out. Uh, yeah, that took a while. Criterion's criteria for getting some of their movies on there because I always thought of it as like. The prestige, like top of the top, but it is. I mean, maybe it is. But I don't know. Lately, I've seen like a bunch of other movies on there that I'm like, oh, this is Criterion level. Like, I know well, what, Harry what, Potter what movie? movies are Criterion mm, collection. What? Really? Wait, what? No, yeah. no way. No, they're yeah. not. No. Yeah. Oh, no, I gotta look. Yeah, this up. let's just keep saying no. Yeah, I'm looking this up. Let's keep saying no to kill airtime while we look it up. No. Uh, one I don't of think that... definitely is at least one of them. It's for sure. I don't Couldn't know. tell you which one. I don't, but, I don't think so. The guy that illustrated the covers is one of their artists. Oh, hold on. Harry Potter Criterion Collection. Is this real? No, it's on Tumblr. It's fake. It's a fan-made thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't see it. <laughs> it's a fan-made thing. It's not real. It's not real. It's not real. But like, yeah, they're terrible no Googlers. Potter. I'll send you the link later. But like, all... <laughs> send it in... Shut up. Send it now. All the, send it right uh, now. I think all the Godzilla movies are in the Criterion Collection now. They are in Criterion. Yeah, and I mean, not all of them are great either. <laughs> I mean, they're just I historical think it's, I think it's a point. mix of excellence and cultural impact. 
So Godzilla was definitely Preservation, you know, I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah. So like Godzilla was a like defining movie, so it will get in there. You could argue if the Harry Potter thing was real, which I don't think it is, uh, that you know the first one or one of them at least is like the impact of it as like one of the most successful books series, kind of one of the most successful successful movies. So there could be a there yeah, could be a yeah. cultural impact element potentially. I would probably I pick Prisoner of Azkaban as the one that deserves the Criterion release. I feel like honestly, if they were to do a Criterion, it would have to be the first one because like. Be weird if there's like, hey, here's Harry Potter five in a cool box. One through well, or that, you know, one through four really and six and seven now. Five, I guess. <laughs> I guess. But I don't really remember Prisoner of Azkaban that much. Or the Phoenix is alright, I guess. I remember Goblet of Fire very well because Harry's hair was ridiculous. But I don't remember three. You're saying he was extra hairy? Preserved. Yes, indeed. Ever ever since I've been growing out my hair, that's all my dad's been calling me. Harry Potter. <laughs> I hate it so much. Wow. Yeah. Uh, do something about it that was uh that was memories of murder in, uh, in a nutshell uh diving into less serious subject matter angel this uh it's a hell of a headline that you have here i mean i wouldn't say less serious but there's, well, there's uh, one part read of the it. headline kevin read the headline uh, and <laughs> the rock versus willow now this can be interpreted I... as two things uh the rock as in dwayne johnson versus willow which that would as be willow smith that would be a massacre and uh, <laughs> would it because she can whip her hair back and forth oh you thought wep- you were thinking willow smith oh yeah oh okay so <laughs> wow. so, there, so there's, there's a couple <laughs> just, ways to it, interpret this thing if this was a fighting game and it was dwayne the rock johnson and willow smith i think they're actually pretty i mean there's also the fist, tree she has her hair. willow and pocahontas but yeah i was thinking willow, willow more like Warwick davis um Oh, well, that's, I think, what he No, yeah, I know meant. that's what he's referencing, but when I see The Rock versus Willow, I think Dwayne Johnson versus Warwick Davis. <laughs> uh, I, I think versus Warwick Will Davis, Smith. But you're, you're not going to beat The Rock. No. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, most people can't beat The Rock. Jesus Christ. Yeah, we're talking about the movie. Just to be clear, we are talking about the movies, right? Yeah, yeah, so this Rock has no Dwayne in it. It's um, all Sean Connery and um, Ghost Rider. Rest in peace. So... Actually, Ghost there's like quite a lot of Nick random Cage. people in here. I mean, you also have the Cage. Yeah, yeah, you have Ghost Rider. You have um, RoboCop. He's in there at some point. I think he's the main villain. Um, you also have uh, comedic. Um, what's his name? Comedic custodian from Scrubs. He's also in there. Comedic the janitor. The janitor from Scrubs. Yeah, Neil Flynn. Yeah, he's like a serious military dude. So it was like, huh. huh? It's really weird seeing him not be funny. Maybe this was like a prequel, and this was okay, like why Neil he is Flynn funny. is not yeah, Neil Fl- the Rock. He's talking John C. <laughs> oh, he's thinking Doctor Cox. Oh god, he's thinking he's thinking Doctor Cox. Oh, he's a doctor. G- he's not a custodian. Duh. I mean, wow. I, I, I didn't really watch Scrubs. I just know he's in there. This isn't. We're not at like patriot levels of badly describing movies, but we're getting there. To be fair, I think Neil Flynn did try out for the role of Dr. Cox. I think he did too. I remember hearing that. And Dr. Cox, you may know from other serious movies like Saving Private Ryan, I believe. He was in that? I believe so. I remember him from Office Space, but uh, not uh, not Saving Private Ryan. Huh. All right, Angel I think he's in Saving Private Ryan. Well, he's, well, that doctor is in it. But, yeah, this movie, it is a roller coaster. I didn't also realize this was a uh, Michael Bay movie. And I... Sorry, Platoon. He was in Platoon. Oh my god, we're just getting all this wrong. Yep. <laughs> Please continue, so, Angel. I apologize. <laughs> yeah, so I... I mean, as soon as I saw Michael Bay, the only 
thing, honestly, I have to associate with them is, um, I guess, Transformers and kind of Armageddon. Like, I know I saw Armageddon, but I couldn't really tell you the nitty gritty about it. I, 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 I barely remember it. Um, but yeah, I I thought um, Michael Bay went hard on explosions and Transformers. I had no idea that was like, that was like child's play compared to this. Like That was restrained, Michael Bay. Wait, really? I haven't seen, so I haven't seen The Rock. You're telling me that the explosions in, in Transformers are tame? Are nothing. Yeah, like, this movie, like, literally hits the ground sprinting. Like, every single scene literally feels like the climax of the movie. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> like, like within the first, like, five minutes when we get introduced to Nicolas Cage's character... He is, like, in a sealed room with a toxin, and, like, everything is, like, disintegrating around him. Like, oh, my God, if this goes off, the whole city is going to blow. And, like, they're, like, trying to, like, I don't know. It's it's a, it's crazy. Like, they draw they draw it out for such a long time. It's almost exhausting. There's, like, how much adrenaline there is. And then, like I mentioned, explosions. Jesus, so many explosions, so many pileups. Like, it's... It literally feels like this movie was created with like testosterone. Like they just injected so much testosterone into this movie, and I mean it's a it's a crazy ride. Um, it's fun. It's really. I mean, a lot of it just feels like overdone and dumb, but it's in a very enjoyable way. Like I could see why it it's as popular as it is. Like I'm, oh god, like even um that aforementioned scene. The reason we watched this movie was because there's a shower room. <laughs> there's a shower room scene, not how it sounds. Um. Where there is there's a there's a shower. Did you say shower up? Shower room. Shower, shower room. Oh, shower room. I thought like and, shower um, up like a like like get ready gang and you know how usually there will be like a a montage of people putting on their gear. I thought it was just like going to be close up to like, people <laughs> scrubbing their scrubbing their arms and they're, like putting shampoo in their hair. That kind oh, of stuff. like a gear up with yeah, explosions yeah, yeah. going yeah, off, but like them. but just with showers instead. Yeah, well, there's a scene in the movie that. I guess was the the center of it because we were playing Splatoon and one of our friends mentioned that like, oh, that team um, rocked us. Like they did something from the movie The Rock that reminded me of this. Essentially an ambush. They did an ambush. And, Literally, it was just the word ambush. It was just yeah. the definition of ambush. That was it. <laughs> but, but I guess for our friend, like the word ambush like reminds them of The Rock. And yeah, that ambush, Jesus, like for... A gunfight that takes place in one small location. They draw it off so long. They <laughs> make it sound. They make it seem like like a full on war was happening, even though it was only like maybe twenty to thirty people on each side. Like Jesus, that is a full on war. Twenty to thirty per side. Uh, like, That's I, like I, a I'm, gang war, I'm, right I'm, there. I'm comparing it to like a whole battlefield. Okay. Like, okay. Like, they, they make it feel like you're watching, like, a battlefield of, like, hundreds of people on each side fighting, like, shooting at each other. But, oh, man, this movie. Like, if you just want spectacle, definitely check it out. The only part of the movie that felt kind of weird or uh, to me was Jean Connery. Um, Rest in peace. No, no, nothing against him as an actor or anything. Like, I barely know him in anything. I just know... James Bond. He was, I guess... Um, the that must have been what extraordinary I, gentleman come on I, that, that, that's probably it honestly <laughs> um oh whoops like like, like like his name like when i hear it i it does like make me think of like oh actor with prestige i guess but it doesn't make you think of uh i feel like so many people defaults to the sean connery impression from snl during the celebrity jeopardy 
Which like was? that 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 accent, just the the over the top like Sean Connery voice. It doesn't. You know, well, yeah, because like because he's supposed to be like this like oh imprisoned guy for so many years. He's like a wild animal, blah blah blah. He comes out with like super long hair, like the master of like escape artist, and like they play him out to be like a super badass, but because he is more of like a gentleman. Like, it's kind of weird. I don't know. He mm. feels like, like, you have, like, this, like, fancy, cool, I don't know. He feels, like, out of place. He just feels a little out of place. Like, he's, like, in a slightly different mm. genre. Like, one genre all over. Like, felt too much, I, like, stunt casting, maybe? Yeah, he, he felt more like, I'm here because I'm John Connery and less, like, I hear because it makes sense. But, I mean, there, I mean, Kingsman does have, like, secret agents that are also British, like, fancy people. But they're like, still British. Yeah, like they're not rugged. I don't know. I don't know why. Um, it just and I know like he's been James Bond, but I never saw any of his James Bond movies. So I don't know. I think I felt like some kind of weird detachment from that character in particular. Man, like if that movie was like super adrenaline, like what the heck is going on? Like I, I, I feel like we're like boys become men kind of movie. <laughs> then <laughs> then Willow is like kind of like the opposite, like. I also very much enjoyed this film. I forgot we were about to talk about Willow. I did too. I was like, "What? What is this building towards?" <laughs> like, 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 like this movie like actually has something called pacing. Like <laughs> they know to <laughs> like in between high action and suspenseful scenes, they like to chill for a bit and let us catch our breath and maybe advance the plot with a little calmer stuff. Get some more character development in there, not just like guns blazing like the whole time. But, that is character development for Michael Bay. The better they get at shooting guns throughout the movie is the better they become as people. Ah, uh, that's true. That. Yeah. And I mean, like, what I didn't really <laughs> expect from Willow, because, like, I, I've heard of this movie. never really knew much about it other than its name. I think your brother-in-law but, says that he loves this movie. Oh, yeah. He's a, he was a huge fan. He, I mean, he grew up with it, like, to him and his older brothers. Uh, that was, like, our Shrek, which I guess is, like, the movie we would watch on loop growing up. We saw Shrek and Miss... Congeni, you know, uh, Legally Blonde. I don't know why those two movies, but we watched the movies over and over and over again on DVD. There's a few other VHS ones that we could say like that, but they're mainly Disney. The point is, um, yeah, like they, him and his brothers, like they quote the movie. They actually, pretty scarily, I guess as soon as he told them we were watching it, as we were watching it, they were just started like sending quotes to him. And there was one quote that they sent to him just as they actually said it in the actual movie, almost oh. like they were like counting what? in their head when we got to that point and then like sending it. Yeah, I didn't expect this movie to be like as funny and heartwarming as it was. Because, you know, I kind of expected like a Lord of the Rings styled adventure. Um yeah, just adventure setup. And it kind of was. You have like a reluctant hero that doesn't want to go on the quest. And you got your elves. You got your brownies and orcs. And brownies in this world are just like tiny little people that are clearly green screened on. That's like the only special effect that didn't really age well. Everything else actually aged pretty well. Maybe more so because they tried to use practical effects. Like they put these crazy little costumes on dogs to make them look like demon dogs. They still call them dogs, but they're clearly not dogs. But it's just funny seeing dogs in costumes, basically. Because, you know, you see them move around and whatnot, and they look pretty funny. In a cool way, too, because they actually look more believable than if they were just CG. But also, like, I don't know, kind of like after watching the movie, something that just kind of made me realize something that there hasn't really been, at least a theatrical film, I'm guessing, of Willow's level with primarily little people to star in them, like, that since then? Like, has that actually been the case? Because... Other than Wee Man, who I know is more like a side character in the Jackass series, who's just for comedy, like, I don't know, 
kind of wondering if there's been any other films that I may have missed. Uh, I mean, there's. Cause... I don't know if there's been decade too, but Peter Dinklage has had a very good career. Yeah, yeah. Peter Dinklage does. Yeah, he is kind of yeah, like he is appearing in a lot of things, but. I feel like Peter Dinklage is he's more of like his own icon at this point because yeah, I mean this because it wasn't just that. like the the That's titular true. Willow uh, what was his name again Kevin Warwick Davis yeah Mr Davis. Like, he wasn't, like, the only one. Like, there was literally, like, a whole village. And, like, that's kind of where the movie starts. Like, he's kind of, like, the outcast of the village. He wants to become a great magician. And, you know, over the course of the adventure, discovers that the power within him all along, he just lacked confidence. Spoilers. But, yeah, you, you can see it coming. But, I don't know, it's still... Also, the movie's, like, 30 years it, old. It, but, it, spoilers. It, <laughs> it's a pretty feel-good movie. Like, it, it's funny. There, there, ha- there are some jokes in there that are definitely kind of dated. Kind of the way Rush Hour is incredibly racist nowadays but it's also <laughs> kind of like a product of it <laughs> i don't know it's funny because it's like unapologetically racist but it's very but it wasn't at the true. time yeah but it's very true to the times like it's not a movie that looks down on like asian people black people like it it just has like, a lot of like very racist jabs towards each other but it also feels very real because you know like i mean checking like the main characters are of those races and you know they learn to love each other and blah 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 but i mean it definitely is telling of the time it was written up but this is also set in a fictional world that's you know very middle ages kind of thing um it's definitely more on the sexist side of things but everything else is still really really great like uh special effects very well like simple charming story and everyone i mean i felt all the performances were really great especially the baby there's a baby in the story who's like the baby of prophecy and they somehow got that baby to emote like no other it's pretty nuts but what do you think about willow uh, the, the main movie, character that, willow no that that was a joke I, I meant to be like oh that's that sounds great for the rock but what do you think about the movie willow it's fell flat on his face never mind <laughs> keep going uh, but yeah just a a very nice uh pre-gamer before we hit I guess The Rock, because that was... So you saw Willow first and then The Rock? Yeah. But you talked about uh, The Rock first and then Willow. Because that one was fresher in my head. I just saw it yesterday. Ah, yes. All right. So now you've Literally. seen at least six or seven Michael Bay movies. Which is mm-hmm. the best Michael Bay movie? Ooh. Off the top of my head, probably The Rock. Have you seen Bad Boys or Bad Boys 2? Neither. Okay. So So yeah. So you've seen the five Transformers movies... And The Rock. Oh, and Armageddon? And Armageddon? Have you seen Pain, Pain and Gain or whatever it's called? Hold on. Did you say that have you, you haven't seen... seen all the Transformers movies? I haven't seen all the Transformers movies. Which ones haven't you seen? Have seen? I've only seen the first four. First four. Okay, Out of so six. you didn't see... I saw the first one. So Reg of the Fallen, so Dark of the Moon, and Age of Extinction. I didn't see The Last Night. Oh, okay. Okay. I, I heard The Last Night was, was absolute garbage. Wait, did you see Bumblebee? That's not I know it's not Michael Bay. Bay, I know. That's I know, I'm just night. curious. But did you see it? Yeah, I saw it. Okay, so you just gave up on the end of the Bay Formers. Yeah, that one was also just like really, really long. I just like uh, there's no right time to watch it. I still, I still think Transformers One is a pretty good movie. Oh, I love no, Transformers. It, it one. is, but you said like my best one. Like I definitely like The Rock more than Transformers One. Oh, huh, interesting. To think that those movies are tame compared to this movie. For as ridiculous, it, it just set a new standard for over the top action. It's like, funny. I really want to see another movie. Like, like the only way for another movie to like top it would have to literally. I mean, this one kind of started with like action as well, but I mean, it would literally just have to be like nonstop action the whole time. I don't know. Okay, I don't know. 
It it's funny because weird. because when I think Michael Bay, I I know that he directed The Rock, but for some reason in my head that always seemed like the grounded Michael Bay movie because I know it's it's oh, about no. breaking into into Alcatraz. Michael but, Bay goes wild. And this was his second movie too, and the fact that he went balls to the wall with it is insane. Yeah, we were cracking up, but just like how long, like some things were lasting. It's like Jesus, it's they're still going. Like it's just a minute it, it, like, it goes from like it goes from like whoa, look at that explosion to oh, we're still going. Like oh, there's an even bigger one now. <laughs> oh, is the movie just gonna end here? It's like oh, okay. I don't know. It's it's yeah, it's an eye tickler that one. An eye tickler. An eye tickler. <laughs> So I guess that makes Pain and Gain his most, I guess... It was something. His most uh, team movie, then. Yeah. I, I kind of like... Like, I liked seeing Tony Shalhoub, the guy who plays Monk, in a villain role. Like, I thought that was fun in Pain and Gain. Is Tony Shalhoub a villain? I thought... Wasn't he a Isn't he? he? No, he plays... I think he's the bad guy. Oh, man. I, I saw Pain and Gain once, and that was it. I think he's the bad guy. But, uh, yeah, but that movie, like, Painting Game was like he took Bad Boy, stripped out the explosion, and was like, let's keep the Miami. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, apparently written by the same guys that wrote Infinity War, Endgame, Winter Soldier, and Civil War. Really? Painting Game? Yeah. So, uh. The Russo Brothers? No, the Russo Brothers. Oh, did... they just directed. Yeah, he just directed. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's, uh. Interesting. What a pivot. Yeah, that's a hell of a. What I believe. A I think Painting Game does it have the rock in it to go full circle yes. with the other he, rock? Yeah, he's one of the there main he's one of the main characters. Yeah, oh, he's in it. Go. It's him and Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. yeah. Oh Michael Bay. <laughs> what are we ever gonna do with you? They're uh they're pretty cringe now they're pretty cringe nowadays, but uh Epic Rap Battles of History did uh did an episode I think it was Steven Spielberg versus uh Hitchcock mm-hmm. and it devolves to at some point uh Quentin Tarantino gets involved in the rap battle. Then after that, uh What's uh, he directed Psycho, Michael Bay, The Birds, no, yeah, Hitchcock. Uh, what am I thinking of? Not Hitchcock. Hitchcock. No, not. Uh, well, he did direct those two. You the Shining. Kubrick. Kubrick. Stanley Kubrick. Kubrick is in there. And at the end of that, uh, Michael Bay comes in, and his backgrounds are nothing but explosions. And Michael Bay just raps about how all that matters is money. So you could say he exploded onto the scene in the in the video. Yeah, and uh. Probably the best part of that that video. And saying like nothing matters at all except for the money. It's all about the yeah. money. It's like no <laughs> time to read reviews while I'm working on the sequels. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty pretty funny, honestly. You could say he's very successful in that sense. Yeah, absolutely. The man knows how to make an explosion. Yeah. And then yeah. does it a hundred more times in the next five minutes. Apparently, uh released the movie last year six underground on netflix oh yeah it's on netflix. and the trailer huh. if i remember was literally just a two-minute car chase that was yeah, the whole trailer cool, just a car chase yeah no it's something yeah but i feel like michael bay you need like a big theater for you need the explosions and like you need your seat to shake what if, if you you're have gonna go like set? if you're gonna go bay yeah that's true then you could do it yeah yeah you don't need a theater anymore no one needs theaters anymore they're they're probably gonna go out of business uh which is sad i like going to movie theaters yeah, I, like, I like going to movie theaters, but but there's no way that i was gonna risk uh Getting sick to go see no, Tenet. No, 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 no. I mean post-COVID, post-COVID. Post-COVID? What would be the biggest movie post-COVID to go see in theaters? I would Sonic say sequel. Tenet, but they're putting it on DVD next month, so... Or this month. Next month, so... Hmm. Uh, you sound legitimately upset. I am. I want to see Tenet in IMAX. I want to hear the garbled sound you in 5.1 surround. Not safely, and not IMAX. What would you say? I want to hear the gargled... I, the, the the five the garbled sound in five point one Adobe Atmos or whatever. Did, yeah, his sound mixing still sucks. But did we talk about that last episode? No. 
but oh, he does have crappy I, sound I, mixing. Yeah, I recently rewatched uh, the Dark Knight trilogy. The sound mixing on those movies is beyond terrible. I, there, he has there were commented. Parts, there were parts where I Go didn't ahead, hear like Bruce Wayne talking, and then all of a sudden you hear a gunshot, and it was the loudest thing in the entire world. It, his sound mixing sucks so bad, and he won an award for it for Dark Knight. There's two thoughts I have on sound mixing. One is I'm glad he's starting to be aware of it. He said in an interview other directors have called him out on it, and he's aware, so okay. And two, the one movie where it actually works is Dunkirk because the visceral nature of that movie sure. and the fact that you're just in this war zone, like having the voices overpowered by the planes, having the gunshots be so loud, it like literally in the theater I was in like shook the seat, <laughs> like when they were shooting at the at the, one of the planes. Like it, um, yeah, that's the one movie where it makes sense, but it's definitely not great when you know. Bruce Wayne's pining about like his Playboy lifestyle, and you can't hear him because it's like the whole time or whatever. Although the sound mixing does work for Bane, because the mix on Gotham's Reckoning that much better because has that weird reverb like did you ever ever see the video that was released of how he originally sounded when they released the what the the intro of that movie in IMAX? Uh, yes, and it wasn't as fun at all. It was, yeah, yeah, it was so much more garbled. It, it yeah, was, it was, but it, it was, was more like, serious. It wasn't as goofy as. Oh, it was. Yeah, I know. It wasn't as fun. I know. Which I, now I, I just want to watch I, a movie where he sounds like like that, where he actually sounds menacing and not like a cartoon character. To this day, still do the I'm Gotham reckoning. Mm-hmm. Made for a funny voice. cartoon character in Harley Quinn, and he has the voice. It's perfect. Yeah, right. like I like I love doing the Bane voice. I know it's oh, not a good voice for that movie, but I love that voice so much <laughs> love that voice uh, love that voice well angel uh which one would you rather see the rock or willow which one would you rather see a sequel to actually because willow is getting a sequel on disney plus no willow series. willow rock the rock definitely isn't getting a sequel now that sean connery said but the, the rock is more like a fun like one-time thing willow is more like i i want to see more from this world right well luckily you will uh you'll get that chance i guess on Disney right? Plus, on coming Disney in 2021 Plus. or 22. Yeah. Which, if you have Verizon Wireless, we're still not sponsored, but you can still get for free with your plan. At this point, we might as well be sponsored with the amount of times that you plug them in. I just want free service. Is that too much to ask? Mm, I guess not. <laughs> but, uh, unless we got anything else, I think that, that wraps this uh, episode. Yeah? Yeah, I think so. Anything? No? All right. Cool, cool, cool. No? Uh, let us know what you thought about the podcast, either in the comments to the blog post here or on our, our Twitter at Ren Nintendo. Uh, we are RenNintendo.com on YouTube. You can also find the episodes there. And, of course, we are on your favorite uh, podcasting app, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, you know, all that jazz. Um, on Twitter, individually, you can find us at JSR7 for Jason, uh, mm-hmm. Wayro underscore O, W-E-I-R-O underscore O for Angel. And then you can find me, Kevin Gomi, K-V-N-G-O-M-I-E. And like I said, tomorrow I will be doing a One Chip Challenge on my YouTube if you want to listen into that. Or I guess, no, today, because this will be going up on Sunday. So later on today, I will be doing a One Chip Challenge. And on Tuesday, I will be building a computer on stream. A little shameless plug there. Kevin. Kevin, for for these wonderful visual opportunities for people to enjoy, to have people uh, tickle their eyes with, or whatever Angel said, um, they will be archived after. Yes, I would assume yeah. if people listen you, later YouTube, in the week. YouTube, YouTube, okay. YouTube live streaming is kind of a pain, but the one plus that I will give them is that uh, they do auto archive all live streams, which is pretty cool. 
So if you listen to this on Wednesday, folks, you can still check it out. Yeah, you and can still speaking check of checking things out, can I do a shameless plug too real quick? Uh, I was going to do go. it for you, but go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, you Next week we will have a new episode of Red Nintendo, and I believe the contest for the mm-hmm. Game & Watch is still on? Yes. So if you want to win a free Game & Watch Super Mario Brothers system – um, we have a contest going last week, this week. I like how it's like, should I do a plug? Should you do a plug? And I ended up doing the plug anyway. Uh, but yes, go to ramtown.com, go to our, uh, Ram Nintendo episode, our latest, episode 242, and leave a comment on that blog post telling us your favorite Mario memory, uh, whatever it may be, good or bad, just a favorite, and, uh, you'll be entered for a chance to win. And we're just gonna share some of the favorite memories next episode, maybe share some of our own, and then, you know, pick a winner. So, next weekend. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. Uh, you'll be able to listen to that episode the next sunday which will be the yes. last random nintendo of Wrong. the year right <laughs> no there's two more there's two more wait is there yep. what yeah the 6th and the 20th 6th and the 20th yeah oh i'm way so we'll off do... then what was i yeah thinking? we we have a month we have two more of each show to go all right cool cool and then uh so i guess that means that we have two quarantine chronicles that we're doing before the end of the year yes uh, indeed i think our last one is well actually depending on when new year's eve falls out or new year's day falls out i mean yes we have one on the 27th we have one on the 13th and the 27th okay so so for the 27th uh i might as well spoil this we will be doing the quarantinis where we just <laughs> i love the name where uh <laughs> we're just talking about all our favorite stuff of the year so uh while drinking martinis on let's figure it that one out we're gonna have martinis for quarantinis somehow yeah, I'm sorry, Angel. What'd you say? For every category that we have on here: anime, music, television, games, YouTube mm-hmm. slash Twitch. Uh, I guess we can do that. Maybe. I mean, literally, what, whatever. Best, we'll figure it out. Well, we have a month. We yeah, have a month. We got a month for and if we're if we're category. planning ahead, <laughs> if we're planning ahead, also in the last Nintendo of the year, per usual, we will be discussing our games of the year, which I think coincides with our coverage of the Game Awards. So it's gonna be a super award heavy episode. Uh, okay. Two episodes yeah. from now. Cool. 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 Yeah. Um, and with that, we will bid. Oh no, Jason! Jason has the last word, and then we will bid you adieu, Jason. Uh, I already plugged the thing. I have nothing. Oh, wow. I don't know what to uh, win a game and watch. Thanks.